0: the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire! Whoa!
1: I'm Tammy.
0: (laughs) And Will is not here, the big loser. He wasn't here last week either, and he's not going to be here next week. Actually, no, he might join us later, but he's still a big loser. While he's not here, I can abuse him. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. I love Will. I love him. I'd never abuse him. (laughs) Um, But we have two awesome... Returning special guests with us, um, and we have the 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 uh, not at all sucky nutty. <laughs> um, <laughs> I couldn't think thanks. of. I couldn't think <laughs> I of. A word. Fresh <laughs> and the uh, I was going to say illuminating, but that's the wrong letter. The uh, and then I was going to say illustrious, and that's also the wrong letter. The. Arduous. Arduous Alan. Woo.
2: Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still sort of thinking I'm not at all sucky. <laughs> Look, Nutty
0: Nutty said it. I didn't say it. I just did what Nutty told me to do. Whoa, whoa.
3: <laughs> if that's how that works all Nutty right. is my leader.
0: <laughs> Hi guys. Hi. How are you how are you guys and how are you on your Daredevil season three journey?
3: Oh I finished. You finished? Nice. I finished. Um, this wa- series, uh, I will say there were a couple of times that we watched three episodes in a row, which is almost impossible for Tech and I. <laughs> like We do not sit that long uh, watching something. And uh, that, yeah, it, it this was, I believe, the best Darren Temple. I, I agree. <laughs> I don't
0: want to say too much because then I'll get upset because of news in a minute that we will talk about. Uh, yeah. Alan, what about yourself?
2: Oh, I finished ages ago. I'm desperately trying to remember what the episodes were.
0: <laughs> it does feel like this came out ages ago, this show. <laughs> so much has happened since. <laughs> right, this week we're talking about episode 8 and 9 of Daredevil season 3. I know we're all very excited that this is an awesome series and we can't wait for what season four is going to happen. Oh, or is going to show. No. Hang on a sec. I've got some news, guys. <laughs> so big yeah. news of the week. Uh, Daredevil has been cancelled. I really want to start singing Another One Bites the Dust by Queen because that's yeah. how it feels. I'm just
3: like, oh, and I, of course. I think we're all certain that what they've filmed is going to be out. Yeah. And yes. what they haven't started filming, they're just done with. Though I did like that in this announcement, they said the shows aren't going anywhere.
0: Well, they so said, they're not
3: going to be removed. Yeah. Well, they oh, yeah, yeah.
0: they no, they're said they're still off. going to be on Netflix, and they've said that the character with this one in particular, they said the character of Daredevil will continue with Marvel, or they said something like that. However, it's been there's been like a lot of theories, like people have said, well maybe they'll. They'll carry it on on Disney Plus, oh, which doesn't probably make, it, doesn't make any it, it makes no sense because um, Disney Plus is going is Disney. You know, if if they were going to put them on anything, they'd put them on ABC with Cloak and Dagger and stuff like that. Um, and even then, they're still the shows as they are. They're still too violent to be on ABC. They're not going to put The Punisher on ABC. Um, I don't think Disney's going to have The Punisher anyway. You know. And, and they
1: yeah.
4: would have. Honestly, they would have had to make these kind of decisions pretty quickly and already, like, get the actors and whoever they want show running and all that stuff involved because they – otherwise, these actors are going to find other jobs. Yeah. And the the crew is going to find other jobs. Like, they can't just sit around and see if Disney's going to hire them at the Exactly,
0: yeah. Exactly. And a lot of people have said, well, maybe, you know, they'll put them in the MCU now and all this – from what I've, I've... I've read a few sort of theories and um, it's... From what I've heard, like, one of the reasons originally that Daredevil was developed for TV, like, well, these characters were developed for television, um, was because Kevin Feige, you obviously is the sort of runner of the MCU, had no interest in having them in the films. You know, he wasn't interested in developing a film for these characters, which is why they moved to television. And I've also, so even if they are, you know, going back to Marvel, he's still in charge. He might not have the interest in developing these characters for a movie or featuring in a movie. Um, And the other thing uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about is there is, um, not a lot of goodwill between uh, certain people in the Marvel movies and the Marvel television. They're two very separate areas. Um, you know, so, uh, for instance, in the first few seasons, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was much more closely tied in with uh, the MCU. You know, you had cameos from people from Thor and you had uh, Samuel L. Jackson in it and you had references to Thor the Dark World and all sorts um, but since then, there hasn't really been anything. And in Netflix, the Netflix shows, it's they've they've commented on stuff like Sokovia and the instant, but it's all been very loose. There's never been any direct references, um, and so I I don't know if um, I I get the feeling that if they do continue these characters, they will do a reboot um, with them, and that, yeah. that kind of makes me really sad. Particularly, I was I was talking with. Um, I, w- I won't say names. I was talking with certain people who've worked on Daredevil and I was saying um, that I would, I, I think it would be a really big mistake in particular with, uh, and we'll just talk about Daredevil, in particular to replace, uh, to to recast certain characters such as the Kingpin and yeah. Daredevil after, himself. After and I think Vincent a lot of the D'Oprio. actors are great. Yeah.
3: yeah. After Vincent D'Onofrio, I don't think that we can have another Kingpin without a good amount of time yeah. distancing us. And honestly, um, one of the big, I think one of the big obstacles to making Daredevil on screen was the idea of doing Kingpin right. Yeah. Um, they've tried it before. And, you know, for a character like that, it's just, it's really hard for it not to just look fat. And, Vincent D'Onofrio really created the Kingpin character, and that is Kingpin. That is Wilson Fisk. That has the power, the fear, that everything that goes into that character, you're not going to... This isn't like a what Joker do you like best kind of thing. This is a... He has redefined the character, and Mm -hmm. you can't just recast that. That's not a Spider-Man thing.
4: I agree, because I think, like, he's really, like, humanized him yeah. in a way that, you know, even the briefest of pieces I've read in comics, like, it's not really there. It's a comic yeah. book villain. Like, that is, in the comics, that's what he is. the a comic book villain, which is not human. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's yeah. not how people are. Whereas in the show, he's really made Kingpin a human that you can understand at least, Sometimes, even if you believe he's completely wrong, mm-hmm. you can at least get it. And you
3: and,
0: see him that way.
3: Yeah. And, and, and they humanize him without weakening him.
0: Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, And a lot of people have said, a lot of fans have been like, oh, you know, well, maybe, you know, maybe this means that they'll bring... Um, Kingpin and Daredevil and they'll have them appear in like a Spider-Man film I mean the Spider-Man films is a, is a separate issue because Sony yeah. don't have there doesn't have to be any more Spider-Man films yeah. after the new Spider-Man sequel because that's basically as far as I understand Tom Holland's contract done so Sony can then reboot again which is um, but also I mean can you guys imagine Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin going up against Tom Holland's Spider-Man I can't They're completely different universes. They're so different universes. Like it's, You're not going to have this kingpin in a big CGI fest. It's not going to happen. So I I think they're going to reboot, and it kind of... That breaks my heart, I think, a bit more, even than the idea of the show being cancelled. Because I think, while I've had issues with some of the characters, I think the cast is so good in, in this show. I think Charlie Cox is perfect um as as matt murdoch i think he's his casting in that role is is up there with like chris evans as captain america i think he's so good in that role and i just um and as i said i was talking to uh, to someone about this and i said i think it would be a real shame if they did reboot and they um put all the work that uh, Charlie Cox and Chris Brewster um, as his double have put in uh, and that all goes to, to waste because they, I think they've really nailed the fighting style and the fight scenes and together have created this character that um, I, I just really love and I'd love to see more of and not just cause it is my favorite character.
3: And I don't, I don't see, I don't see it feasible at, for Disney to, get the entire crew, the cast and everybody over to Disney make new stuff and allow Netflix to have the previous seasons, Exactly. I see that they'll have to do a reboot and hopefully they're just going to sit on the properties for like 5-10 years before they think about starting again Um, simply because I think it would really I don't think anybody would want to invest their time yeah when we've already invested, how many years have we been doing this, Claire? Uh, four years. Four years already in the Netflix uh, universe. So, yeah.
0: And I, yeah. And
4: I don't see them doing that. Like, I mean, yeah. yes, eventually a reboot, sure. But I, I think, I mean, I think five to ten years is probably a lot more realistic than them deciding next year to reboot it. Like, yeah, that, yeah. Fiscally, that doesn't make any sense to do that. Like, it, they are putting so much money behind so many different live action shows based on the movies mm-hmm. that it doesn't make any sense for them to decide to reboot these Netflix shows when they can come to an end on Netflix and they don't have to do anything with them. It's like yep. this idea, like Kieran and Claire knows this because <laughs> she came and visited, but Universal Studios owns basically a a marvel land in Mm -hmm. their universal studio world Mm -hmm. so
0: like including a nelson and murdoch (laughs) (laughs) including a nelson and murdoch building
4: (laughs) a spider-man ride a hulk ride like all these different things that are marvel based and you can eat spider-man whereas disney actually owns it and cannot put it in their parks here in Orlando because of this agreement they have until like this contract 20 years from now or whatever it is runs out now Universal cannot update anything on these rides. They can maintain... Which business. is very obvious. <laughs> it's extremely yep. obvious when you go there. And I think it's going to be similar in the sense that I don't think Disney is going to want to touch these properties or do anything with them. Yeah, It doesn't make any sense to do that. Yeah, So these, these characters will... I think stay very true and alive in our, in our hearts (laughs) on Netflix and that's it. And then it's just going to finish out and be done. There's also an article I'll post it on the Facebook group because it was just really interesting. Um, It was just a different take on the cancellation of these shows on Netflix. And it's from written by a writer for Forbes online. And so it talks about the actual financial reasons of mm-hmm. why these would be canceled on netflix and why they probably won't go to disney so if like i'm just i don't know i guess that's kind of like is the
3: this the thing thing one where I, they're talked about how uh, people would cancel their subscriptions uh, well, they, after watching a, 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 a series
4: yeah where, the, where they say they have stats and really what yeah. their stats are showing is that people who watched Marvel shows were not going to probably cancel their subscription to Netflix, because the people that watch Marvel shows also watch a bunch of other things on well, Netflix. Probably
0: like Stranger Things right. and other yeah, genre so they're not, television. they're not
4: really... Exactly. So they're not concerned about losing right, a lightning. bunch of subscribers. Mm. Yeah. So they're just not concerned about it, nor should they be. Maybe most people are not cancelling their Netflix subscriptions just because the Marvel shows are going away. Can we we're get sad- made...
0: Can we get what? Blade. Yeah. Blade I mean, they've been talking about a train. A train those for ages. They've been talking about, like, a Midnight Suns um, team up for ages with, like, Blade and um, Ghost Rider and Moon Knight and, you know, doing that as uh, a Defenders-type project,
2: but obviously I, there, not there, now. There was thought, I thought there was thought of spinning Ghost Rider off from... Uh, Agents of Shield.
0: Yeah, there was, but I mean, the Wait, Ghost Rider ride in Agents of Shield is a different Ghost Rider to um, what? Uh, the. There's there's different Ghost Riders. He's a he's a Robbie Reyes. I can't remember um, and. Johnny Blaze would be the one I think that they were talking about would feature with the other characters. Anyway, we're getting off topic, but um <laughs> I wanted to we're mention we off topic? <laughs> I wanted to mention in regards to the Disney Plus shows. Uh so a bit of news that was revealed this week. Um the the show about that they're developing about Vision and the Scarlet Witch now has a title, guys. Are you ready? No? Yes. It will be known as Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. There we go. How original. <laughs> 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 hey, hello. Look at Will sneaking on the podcast. I was here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've called you out for not being here, Will. Don't worry. Will. Thank Thank <laughs>
5: I'm such a terrible. We haven't
0: fellow. even started discussing the episode yet, Will. We're going to in two sacks. Uh So yeah. you got here just at the right time. But so yeah, that is.
5: Stuff, Today too, but because uh, I got I got an email about being an extra on a Netflix show, but they ended up going with someone else. I guess. Oh. I'm here.
0: What Netflix show was
5: it? <laughs> it's called Trinkets, um, and I think uh, well one of the stars in it is the person who played Negasonic Teenage Warhead in the Netflix. Oh, nice. I love <laughs> it. Nice. Yeah, they said they'll call me back another day, so maybe. Maybe oh, it'll cool. happen over these days.
3: Listen, Netflix, you want Will as an extra. Yeah. Yes. And then like that means... Tens of podcast listeners tuning in just for it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And Will can sneak into the Netflix office and you can undo the the Daredevil cancellation single-handed, Will.
5: All the crap they've been doing. Yeah, we can get all the Defenders back on the air and sense yeah,
3: yeah, I was going to say, if, if you had to choose Will, <laughs> would it be the Defenders or would it be sense
5: that's a good question. So what was the best show about uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch? You so the,
0: sc- the show that's going to be about Vision and Scarlet Witch will be named Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Okay. That's I still a, don't understand what this show is going to be about.
2: I
3: don't care. I'm like, I... Uh, was just
2: about Will and sensation Will love Sensate, as we do y'all. Yeah, yeah you will, should yeah. listen
3: to Will's Sensate podcast.
0: Was Will the yeah, Sensation? No. Uh, no, he did a podcast. A fan
5: yeah this insane podcast
0: because it's great right let's talk about these episodes guys We ready let's yes. leap into these episodes oh I'm in I'm in quantum leap mode still Tammy I didn't even record today <laughs> okay so episode <laughs> episode 8 is called Upstairs Downstairs written by Dara Resnick and directed by Alex uh, and I'm, go- I'm going to murder his surname I'm sorry Uh, Her her or his surname, Alex Zakrzewski. Alex Zakrzewski. I'm going to own it. There we go. And the summary for that episode is as follows. A desperate dex reaches out for help. Matt forms an uneasy alliance with Agent Nadim. And Karen concocts a dangerous plan to provoke Fisk. And episode nine is Revelations written by showrunner Eric Oleson and Sam Ernst, directed by Jennifer Lynch, which I didn't notice the first time round, but that's really cool. And the summary of that one is, Matt's already shaky world tilts when he learns a shocking truth that Tammy had didn't suspect was going to happen at all. That's exactly what it says, Tammy. <laughs> Karen runs for her life. Nadeem discovers <laughs> Nadeem discovers how deep Fisk's influence runs.
3: Ba-ba-bum. Ba-ba-bum.
0: cool just,
4: just putting it out there why does Tammy and Murakami both have to be evil
1: <laughs> I, and
0: Murakami was not evil <laughs> I love a few weeks ago when oh, a couple of weeks ago I think and you were like oh Tammy's going to be evil oh she better not be Oh, oh and I was just like no. he- well I, yeah. I would like
3: to argue She's not that not Tammy evil. did not have a choice That's yes true. true and it's so telling when she says I used to have two kids. Oh, like, yeah. was oh, yeah. that the fucking craziest? Okay, sorry. We'll get there. We'll <laughs> get there, but that slammed yeah. me. That just, I, I felt like somebody that... kicked me in my chest. Yes.
4: I really thought this is the darkest the show has ever gotten. <laughs> oh,
2: my God. <laughs> it, it wasn't the two kids thing with me. It was the, I did not see that coming at all. That, I, I jumped out of my chair. I yeah. was like, what the I, uh, huh? That's I don't know. Sideways at me.
5: Yeah, I don't know if I said it on the show or not, but I think it was very early and I said, "Oh, she's working for Fisk." I don't know if I said it on the podcast. I think
0: not. I don't know if you did or not.
5: Yeah,
0: I'm sure it was edited out by Claire.
5: Probably. <laughs> she's like, we don't want it, we don't want
3: that out there. Yet. I guessed as soon as I saw her, her house was set up like a kill room.
0: Oh, seriously, <laughs> like Dexter's playroom? Dexter's house. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Right, so let's talk about Matt first. Um, right. oh our, our man, Matt. So first time we see him is when um, uh, they meet up in the alleyway, him and Nadim again, to get the name of the agent, uh, the FBI agent that they believe did the, the bulletin shooting. Um, and Nadim is worried about daredevil killing or hurting more agents, but Matt says he doesn't do that. Um, and he... Uh, he says he, uh, he needs, uh, he will give his word that he won't hurt the agent. Um, and Matt says he needs uh, word that the agent will testify against Fisk. So they decide to go and search Benjamin Poindexter's apartment to go and find some info. That's never going to be good, going and searching Dexter's apartment. He's, he's a I creeper. I
3: would not mind a buddy cop show of Matt and Nadim. It would be great. Yeah. I
0: love I, I mean we'll we'll talk about it more when we get to him but I love Nadim so much mm-hmm. and my heart breaks for him in this episode I'm like I, I don't know what I would do if I was him like I honestly don't know
3: I don't know if I mentioned it in a previous email but um one he's totally hot and I love oh, that oh yeah he's got the best um, hair <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I absolutely okay. Oh, he's, he's, he's <laughs> totally my type um <laughs> but uh uh one of the things that Tech was saying is how much he loved that we had, you know, uh, uh, a devout Indian that that wasn't the story. Yeah. It just happens to be part of his character, like any other trait white people have all the time that are just parts of their character. And it's not about his faith. It's not about this. But you can see that it's there in his family. And it was just... I love that we just have a character who is a character mm-hmm. and we're not making a story about his race, his religion or his background. And I, I to me, Nadim is awesome for all of that. Plus Definitely. he's hot, so it's really great.
0: And he has <laughs> the his best his hair, hair since Ward.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. I
0: was like, his hair is amazing. By the way,
3: Google the actor. Yeah. He's even hotter with a beard.
0: Oh. And, and I believe he's English. So he's got English accent going on, Nutty, if that does anything for you. Obviously, you find my accent really sexy, of course.
3: All the time. <laughs> Love
0: it. Um, so, yeah, and we'll, t- we'll talk about him a bit later because, yeah, there's all the stuff going on. So we next see Matt when uh, they sneakily head, him and um, him and Nadim head into Dex's apartment. Obviously, the lights are off. Um, Matt creeps through the window. And they go searching for evidence and Matt can smell the suit in the safe. I was like, wow. So <laughs> now, Tammy, that's how he knew that paper was there in that drawer. He could smell it. Yeah, yeah. I,
3: I will it. say that I think smelling the suit is probably easier than smelling all the other things that he normally does. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> going to be a very specific material and it's a specific material he is used to. And it's going
0: to be you full can. of sweat because you're going to sweat yeah. in that, that outfit.
3: And he oh, yeah. knows, he knows wow. what he smells like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and his blood is on it. <laughs> true, yeah, that's true. So, He's like, I mean, the suit's in there. I smell my own blood. What? I, I kind of <laughs> want Matt Murdock to meet, like, the vampires from Buffy. <laughs> they're always talking about smell.
0: They don't find the suit, but um... oh, this is after Matt manages to crack the safe, which I loved. thought that was great.
2: Yeah. I always yeah, loved... That... Uh, let, let's face it, that was coming a mile off. It's not like you need a stethoscope. No, exactly. No. Yeah.
3: yeah. But that kind of safe isn't one that you can actually hear the tumblers. Uh, so <laughs> we kind of S O D it that it was vibration.
0: Well, nutty, if you remember the daredevil movie, Ben Affleck, he manages to crack three combination safes and he doesn't even listen. He does it by touch. I don't know how that works, but there we go. It's yeah, pretty no, awesome. The, the, that's,
3: <laughs> Awful. So one of the things that tech is uh, certified in is safe cracking. So anytime something like that comes up on the screen, I just look at him and he's like, and then nope. I'll, I'll get his reaction. It's never that fast, by the way.
0: I thought you were going to say tech was um, certified in superhero physics. That would be much. a great thing to be certified in. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Matt knows that the, the suit isn't there, but he's convinced that it was. And um, uh, he finds the headphones uh, with the recording with Dr. Mercer. And then they start to listen to the tapes. And then it's Dex. <laughs> luckily, it's that tape, because most of the time Dex is like listening to the ones about find your North Star and all this. Yeah. But this tape is like, I love to kill kittens. I'm a psycho. <laughs> it's like,
2: <laughs> luckily, it's that one. I was <laughs> no, like. it's interesting that we have Dex this just occurred to me because we have our character is called Dex and Mm -hmm. who else do we know with the first three letters of Dex who likes to kill pets
0: yeah mmm spin off (laughs) 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 we used to have (laughs) (laughs) they just both be creepers together um and then obviously Dex starts approaching the, the room because Matt can hear him and him and Nadine just argue quite loudly. So I did yeah. laugh at this bit because Dex is like, there's totally someone in my room. Um, I love this scene, though, with this uh, where Matt and um, Nadim are hiding in the apartment uh, above, isn't it? And Dex is ricocheting the bullets on the stairwell into yeah. the apartment. That is amazing. And Matt, the, the way that Matt works it out as well, because yeah. he'd be able to hear the ricocheting. I love it.
3: Well, and I just, I love the way that Charlie acts this scene because mm-hmm. he's like, uh, uh, like, he can't believe it. He's like, he's he's ricocheting the bullets? What? <laughs>
0: well, I guess as well, he's seen him fight up close. Um, and he's seen or, you know, he's he's been aware of him ricocheting objects before, so he knows that's a talent. But, I mean, that is amazing that he's ricocheting the bullets. And even the bullets, like... yeah, that's even Oh, more it's so good. It's so good. I love
3: it. But this is Bullseye.
2: Bullseye. <laughs> which, and, I di- which I admit I didn't twig until the episode where he rescues uh, Vincent Kingpin.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they were very secretive about who... Wilson Bethel was playing, he was listed as FBI agent, I think. It's kind of like um, Will Travel in Jessica Jones, where he was listed as police officer, and um, he, you know, he ended up being nuke instead, so they kind of try I, and be a bit sneaky about it.
3: I didn't know, I don't really, because I don't wa- read these comics as much, I just know the characters more, mm-hmm. um, and so I didn't know like his real name or anything like that, I just knew Bullseye, and then he goes through when he saves uh, the kingpin. I'm like, what is it? Is it is it Frank Castle? <laughs> and then he shows up, and I'm like, oh, no, it's an
6: And then later
3: there, I realized, oh, this is going to be Bullseye. That makes sense. He would be the opposite of Ka- Frank Castle. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> so I'm with you there because at first I thought it was Frank Castle showing up to save Kingpin. For some reason it didn't make sense, but I was like, oh, somebody who can he, shoot.
3: He owes him from yeah. for getting him out of jail
5: yeah that's true
0: yeah. maybe yeah i don't know i love that they're having this fight on the stairwell and he's having to hide from these little chandelier glass shards so good just like pew 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 like on him on the stairwell it's great um, I
3: think my favorite thing is when bullseye uh does improvised weapons oh improvised yeah trick-offs. that's my favorite thing
0: I, there's, like, um, moments in uh, the comics, you know, he fights with some really crazy stuff. Like, there's a, a comic book cover where he's using a hairdryer as a weapon. It's just kind of great. Like, he, that's his thing. He uses anything as a weapon. Like, in the movie, you know, you've got Bullseye killing an old lady with a peanut, you know. He can make anything his weapon. It's great. Um So there's not really that much Matt in this episode. Like, there's a lot of, like, the other characters. We get more Matt in the second episode. Not Um, to
3: the very
0: end. Yeah, not to the very end. Yeah, exactly. So I think the next time we see him is actually when he's in the crypt at the end of the episode. We don't see him before that, I don't think. Uh, He's in the crypt listening to Dex's tapes with Sister Maggie, and they're talking about little Dex being similar to little Matt. And I was like, oh little little Matt and little Dex. Um, and Matt is frustrated that he didn't manage to stop Dex that day because he saved Nadim instead. I think Maggie points it out to him, doesn't she? She's like, well, you didn't stop him, but you saved Nadim. And he's like, yeah, and loads of other people will die anyway. And I think maybe that's part of what pushes him to, to sort of swear to kill Kingpin in the next episode. Um, so Maggie goes to pray while Matt uh, does some boxing and listens, and then Maggie asks Jack to watch over their son, Tammy and Will. <gasps> ah. Guys, guys, Maggie
3: is Matt's mother. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm glad that I didn't uh, listen, <laughs> wait to listen to you guys before I watch this because I was not picking up on it as soon. <laughs> I picked up on it when... um. When uh, uh, she talks to Karen, okay. and she talks about how everybody in his life has abandoned him, I'm like, "Wait, is she hurt?" His mom. <laughs> but yeah, very late. I missed it completely. And then I'm listening <laughs> to your episodes, and I'm like, "Well, Tammy's got this, but I'm the dumb <laughs> dumb." <dog." laughs> it kind of makes me laugh because, like, since
0: epi- like since episode one, literally, like on the podcast we've just been like, yeah. And then, and then, you know, like, and then you've got Matt's mum, Maggie and blah, 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 blah. And then it's only when we got to like season three, I was like, I should stop talking about Maggie. And even in the, um, uh, I think the first or second episode of Daredevil season one, there's the moment where before Jack's going to do his fight and mm-hmm. he it's phones up, he phones Maggie and he calls her Maggie. And, um, yeah. So it's kind of there for, you know, if you're oh, sort of really paying attention from episode one, but Maggie, I'm sure he calls her Maggie. Yeah. I, well, well, I, unless he calls her Maggie. I think maybe she says this is Maggie because it's an answer machine. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah,
3: no, but I, I think it's it, interesting, by the way, that um, her nun name is the same as her actual name.
0: Yeah, because in the comics, I think she she's she's. Um, uh, she's Grace Murdoch, and then she's Sister Maggie, I think, or she's Maggie Murdoch. She goes by Sister Grace. I can't remember which yeah. way around it is now. Um, yeah, I think it's
4: like I knew the comics mom was a nun, um, and so like, but I didn't know her name or anything. But then when we had the storyline, I was like, okay. And then I feel like, especially if you went back to watch, like uh, I talked about it on the podcast, but I just feel like some of the things that she projects on herself. And the feelings mm-hmm. she has are things that you only would if you're a parent. Mm-hmm. If you right. were just, like, a nun who takes care of these children, sure, you would care about them. But she takes on so much more when it comes to him that I'm like, uh, that's, that's totally, like, a, a parent
1: relationship.
4: The
3: yeah. whole, like, guilt last episode. Exactly. And, yeah. And taking, like, I shouldn't have done that. I'm exactly. sorry. yeah. And, just trying to keep a connection with him, and it was like, hmm, okay. And then earlier, when she and Father Jack were talking, is it Father Jack? Father no. Lantern. Father well, his name's Paul.
2: Yeah. He, oh, he, he oh. didn't
0: say
3: drink,
2: feck, or ass once.
3: <laughs> I know. I mean, <laughs> I Father
2: Jack, or I would have like
3: been like nuns full reverse. Um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I think there's uh, only two or three of us that understand these jokes. Uh. But anyway, uh, the the um, they were arguing, and she says, you know, we've got to um, you know, heal him, and they're arguing over soul or body, and mm-hmm. she's like, I just I just want him, you know, I just want his body, you know, we, I want to heal his body, and. Uh, the the priest is like, no, we want to heal the soul first. Yeah. and I think that you know that that plays more into yeah, but it's she's his mom. Yeah, like she's not as worried about his soul as she is. Just is my baby okay? Kind of yeah, thing. yeah.
0: So.
4: And I and I'll say this too. So we had in, in specifically in Defenders, but also in the last season, a little bit of Daredevil. We had this whole storyline of Matt, this being an addiction storyline.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Matt being addicted to dare doubling. That's my <laughs> choice in doubling.
0: Yep, I, I mean mine is as well, but it's in as in collecting <laughs> comics and you know getting yeah. tattoos. <laughs> yeah, I you know I meant to talk to you about this. <laughs> this Actually, an intervention.
4: No, but so we had this whole like you know addiction storyline and i felt like it was so over the top and forced yeah and i and in this season i do still feel like it can be construed or seen as an addiction storyline but having it as a parent child being concerned mm-hmm. for your son who's going through these things i i just think it's done so much better and so much more subtly
0: and the but comments that, later that jack like, says to him Like, as a parent, that's, I mean, we know obviously Jack's dead, that's Matt's own thoughts as well. And I just thought that was, there was a bit of clunky dialogue, I think, in that scene, but it was done much better than the whole addiction thing, like, I agree. Yeah,
4: and and I think, like, this can still, like I said, I I still feel like there are parts of the um, dialogue that they use between Maggie and Matt that can still be seen as it still work with that same idea of mm. him having this addiction to daredeviling. <laughs> this is so
2: stupid. a time to... I maybe be out of timeline here, but didn't Foggy give out to him about this
6: what
2: do you mean? Season? Yeah. Like to, yeah, I mean, Jesus, you need to stop did having a building fall in you not make you realize <laughs>
4: Yeah. But you know
2: <laughs> that's like never
4: that's like I think like the the uh, They've done it so much better, still having that same emotion and the same feeling, but not hitting us over the head with it. Yeah,
0: yeah.
4: I think I just let's see. You know, I know it's very sad that this show has gotten canceled because I think this season is so
0: good. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, <laughs> and now I'm weeping silent tears. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so we
2: <laughs> next. <laughs> it, it, oh, go on. We, in fairness, just briefly back on the cancellation. We didn't really think they were going to leave it alone if they cancelled everything else.
0: They, they definitely cancelled... I mean, I, even... I was hopeful when Eric, Eric Ollison said that he was pitching season four. But I think I was like, if they cancelled Luke Cage... I know Luke yeah. Cage is not the the big... Um, the headliner of the, the Netflix shows like Daredevil is. But Luke Cage season two was was really critically praised. Um, yeah. And... I thought that made me more like if they've cancelled that, then maybe everything else might be cancelled. Although there was a little tiny part of me that was like, well, maybe they've cancelled those two to do a Heroes for Hire, but I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that as well because of the way they left the end of Luke Cage season two. Yeah. Yeah. So we next see Matt where he tracks down uh, Father Lantham in Duke's pool hall um to confront him about knowing about Maggie and wants to wants, wants father Lantern to help him understand why he would lie this is really harsh like when he he he's like and Matt is rightly angry I think at Maggie and uh, I mean and uh Lantern like father Lantern because he says you know Maggie never visited him um when yeah. he was a child never comforted him after Jack died and uh, you know, by never revealing herself to him, made him feel like he was completely alone in the world. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it's it's. You can understand why he's so angry. Yeah.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm. And by the way, just going back a little bit, like, come on, Maggie, you don't think that he can hear you praying? I <laughs> <laughs>
4: specifically that he talked to like in the second episode about how he heard everybody's prayers. <laughs>
3: That, that that to me, is, like, she subconsciously mm. did that on purpose. hmm
0: Yeah. Yeah, she wanted him to know. Well, she said she was too much of a coward to tell him. Yeah. You know, she saw this as a... I think she wanted... She...
3: Yeah. She I, wanted him to find out.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. She did want to have to do it.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that his confrontation of... Um, Father Langdon was uh, awesome because Mm -hmm. the closest thing that he's had, you know, he doesn't, he's had a couple of like replacement parents Mm -hmm. and none of them have really been enough. But um, the priest has been one of those. And him taking his anger out on the priest instead of confronting Maggie makes so much sense to me.
0: And when he says at the end, he like puts his hand on his shoulder and he says, shame on you. Yeah. That to me was so much, it showed so much more how hurt he was than if he had got angry and yelled. I mean, obviously he lost his temper, but it was so much more effective than him just getting angry and like screaming at him or something. Oh yeah. It was, yeah, it was so good. Um, so let's, let's include, um, Matt's, Matt's parents in, uh, in Matt as well. So we can do these flashback sequences. I, um, so we get a flashback. And so at this point I was like, Oh, we're going to have a Maggie flashback. And then I was like, Oh, Oh, OMG. Are we going to get friend of the show, John Patrick Hayden back in this episode who we haven't seen mm-hmm. since season one. I was jumping up and down in my chair. I was so excited because I love I him. You right. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I immediately tweeted him. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so I was very excited. Um, what do you guys think of this whole? I mean, we only see this relationship very briefly. Um, I they're so
3: cute. Love the flashbacks that yes. they've been doing, except for Iron Fist. But I actually I don't mind Iron <laughs> Fist It's just the first one. But I just love a the repeating flashbacks. Repeating of that same.
0: Yeah. Thing. <laughs> um, don't say like, the words uh, plane crash, nutty. Oh, sorry, too late. <laughs>
3: um, like uh, I think one of my favorite episodes of the second season of Jessica Jones was the flashback episode. Um, This flashback is so awesome, and the person that they got to play young Maggie, Mm -hmm. whoa.
4: Doesn't she look exactly like her?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, especially because we know what she looked like when she was younger. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just think back to Willow, put her in a habit. (laughs) it It was really good. It was really good.
0: I loved it. And I loved, they did their relationship very quick. Um, but, and I'm glad that they, they didn't hammer it too much over the head at this point that it was postpartum. Um, they talk about it obviously later, but just her sitting in bed with Matt crying, like little baby Matt, and she's ignoring him and it's Jack tending to him. And then yeah. she just leaves with the, you know, the, the other nuns. Um, she
3: leaves cause Jack calls them. Yeah. yeah. Because he wants what's best. Really yeah. And and he he cares about Matt but he realizes it's better for Matt if Maggie gets help. Yeah. But also he loves her. Yeah. And it's better for her if she gets help and it was the only thing he knew
2: to do.
0: And um, this reveal was done very differently in the comics. It was quite a um a recent thing. Um and again, my memory I've only read this issue once and it was quite it was a few years ago. Um, It was part of a storyline, I think, in which uh, it was called Original Sin and there was various Marvel characters who were receiving, getting memories back. Um, There was something happening and it meant that they all got these memories back of these things and then you explored what these memories meant. And Matt got a memory and he's always kind of idolised his father a bit. You know, his father was Mm -hmm. his hero. Um, And he got this memory of seeing his father... Like when Matt was very, very little, like a toddler, his father standing over him with like his his fists out and being really angry. And then um, and his mum like cowering next to Matt. And then Matt was like kind of crushed by that because he was like, oh, you know, my God, my, my father would abuse my mother. And he didn't know that. And he he's kind of he started questioning everything. And then it was only later when he got additional information he realized it's because at that moment his mum was actually hurting him and the dad, Jack, came in and confronted her and that's what he was remembering. So it was actually Jack protecting Matt from Maggie. Um, And, um, yeah, but I... um,
3: I don't think I could have handled seeing her actively hurting him.
0: Yeah, I I can't remember what she was... I'll have to find the issue again. Um, Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that, like go down that route. But um, I like how they did it, you know. Yeah. Uh, particularly as how she explains it later that she, she's having this crisis of faith, and and probably they had quite a short relationship, and um, you know yeah, it, was it was all very like whirlwind.
3: A whirlwind, yeah, exactly, yeah. whirlwind relationship. And honestly, like because of the way that they showed it and they just showed it very briefly, mm-hmm. it really I I believed it. Yeah. I. I believed it all. And, she, you know, they're there and she sees him and he calls her up and, and she's just like, okay. And all the other novices are like, you can't do this. And she's smitten right away. And it's just, boom, they're, they're, you know, she just got caught up in her emotions and you can really feel how they might have gotten together and how that happened. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're dealing with a psychiatric event, and you're so steeped in things like you're supposed to be called to God, and then you get this psychiatric event after you have a child, you can totally see how she thought it was God punishing her.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Let, 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 let's combine postpartum depression with Catholic guilt. I mean, that's going to yeah.
0: be it. I mean, yeah, that's a heavy piece. mix. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. But I like that they did say postpartum, like they actually yeah. put a name to it, yeah. and they didn't just stick with the, the hokey uh, I had to deal with this, or I ha- was having a crisis of faith. It's like, no, 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 this was a psychiatric Yeah, about. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely.
3: Because this is something that happens to so many people, and I think the more we normalize, the better.
0: And how great was, um, was uh, Joanne Wally as um, obviously as Sister Maggie when she... Uh, the the moment because we 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 don't really see her show that much emotion up to this point she's always very Mm -hmm. calm and I mean she's like sassy and everything but when she finds out that he knows and she runs into the crypt and just breaks down on Matt's bed oh Oh. it was so good yeah so good because at that point that's obviously the point she realizes like she tells Karen later she feels like God gave her another chance to connect with her son and she failed him again by not telling him Mm -hmm. that time it's so sad
4: so this um claire after last week's episode i had said that josie's watched ahead i think she only has the the finale to watch wow so she
0: she could not wait for me and dan to catch up well she (laughs) can take over doing this podcast you can tell her Yeah, exactly (laughs) um
4: and she had she says mom when you get to episode nine I need you to answer a question because either I love this episode or I hate it. <laughs> I okay. Like, okay. Okay. So the problem she has with this episode, and FYI, she's not happy about it, is there looks. And I I know it's just because the actress looks young,
1: mm-hmm.
4: but there looks to be this massive age gap yes. between the Jack and Maggie in the flashbacks that it almost seems inappropriate. For her to run off with this guy, have a kid okay. with this guy. And so from a child watching the show, she was just like, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> this is not right. I can see
0: that. I can, I, see that. I I can see I, it because they didn't really um, de-age like, uh, John Patrick no. Hayden at all. Um, He looks the same. I mean, they tried to de-age Father Lantern, and it doesn't really work, but they they didn't really like de-age him at all. He kind of looks exactly the same as he does when, you know, like 12 years later when Matt's 12. Um, And she does look super young, particularly with the I think the costume as well with like the hair pulled away. Um, she looks older when, you know, there. there's the scenes where she's sitting in the bed. But I think particularly when they come into the boxing ring, she looks very young. Yeah,
3: and I don't like, think they're supposed to be more than five years apart. Yeah. I and mean,
4: I, yeah. I feel like she's probably yeah. is supposed to be an adult. <laughs> but yeah,
3: yeah, definitely.
4: definitely. Like you, she's you, 15, 16. And so like this whole thing, once like Josie asked me that and then I started watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, this. Wow, she looks really young. She really does look like a kid running off with this like older man. Oh man, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she's she's old enough to commit to naive at She must be at least sixteen. <laughs> uh,
3: well, I mean, I think I think um, it's you have to be eighteen at this yeah. point. It's it's uh, it hasn't been sixteen for a long time. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that that was the thing, like you know, because that, because Dan and I were sitting watching it, going, "Well, I would think she has, if she's like already committed herself to be a nun, at least for the time, the the beginning time period, she has to be 18 at least."
0: Right? Yeah, exactly. So, but she she really
4: just so watching.
0: And it, I, yeah, I can see them playing Jack as like oh, yes. 20 like, early 20s, like her as. Eighteen, nineteen, and maybe him is like 22, 23. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't look it because the actor is older. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like this upcoming cocky boxer, you know.
3: Um, yeah. It's 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 quite a few years as a novice. Um, so I mean, she they they were talking about how they were very close to taking their vows. Yeah, and becoming a full nun. So she she had is more than just. 18 19 she's at least 23 right uh, okay you know maybe not 23 but at least like 21 to 23 i would guess um but the actress does look very young um the outfit makes novices look yeah. even younger than they are supposed to be and then you're dealing with the older actor
0: yeah yeah and, uh, it didn't really bother me just because i i figured well we know that they're meant to be you know that type of agent. Rather than recasting um, John Patrick Hayden, it, it you know they they don't really want to recast him in that bit because then later in like the next the next scene with Matt um, when you've got this sort of ghost oh, yeah. of Jack talking to to Charlie Cox, you need the same actor to be the one that that acted against Skylar as the young dead. Do you know what I mean? It would be weird if you oh, then yeah. had this other actor. You wouldn't get you wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't resonate as much.
4: Well, yeah, and I'm not sure where Josie, like, found all the ages of, ev- well, she didn't find the age of the, the girl that plays young Maggie, but I guess she found, like, some of the ages, and she was like, so, for instance, John Patrick Hayden and the actress that plays regular Maggie are, close, say, less than 10 years apart. Yeah, from yeah. And so then you have this very young actress playing younger Maggie against this guy. You know, like, I think we were joking, and Dan goes, basically they had a
2: 15-year-old play against a (laughs) 45-year-old.
4: Obviously, that's not the case. Yeah,
2: yeah.
4: (laughs) It
1: was just
2: so... Because that's the thing I noticed myself. The actress, I assume that uh, Maggie, current Maggie, is meant to be age-wise a close contemporary of Father Lantern. And they look at least 20 years apart.
3: Yes. Well, <laughs> I have- well, I think I think Father Lantern. Uh, he's he's supposed to be older because he was overseeing yeah. when she was a novice. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I looked it up um, on the forums at Catholic.com, and um, it <laughs> looks like it can take six to nine years.
4: Oh my gosh! Right. Yeah,
3: as a novice.
5: I just love that there is a Catholic.com. <laughs> Catholic
3: dot com is a great website, by the way. If you're ever looking for like I need to find information, it's a great place to go.
0: <laughs> that's where we should have gone. But we have Elizabeth, so we're okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well it can be it can be tricky to navigate everything that's on there. Because yeah. it's it's one of these websites that's been around since like the nineties, so there's a lot of stuff.
0: Let's anyway. let's get to the next um the next Matt scene, which is when he uh, he is talking to the ghost of his dad. What did you guys think of this? Fakey Jackie. Yeah. What should we call it? Yeah, fakie faky Jackie. Yeah, sure. Why not? I I like Ghost Dad. <laughs> yeah. ghost dad. You like the movie Ghost Dad? <laughs> Don't call. Like There's it. a Ghost Dad. It gives me th- thoughts of Bill Cosby. Ugh. Oh
3: no, let's not do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I liked Ghost and Matt. A ghost in Jack Murdoch mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah I, I like really this cool. as well yeah and I've the... been enjoying uh Matt's hallucinations
0: <laughs> me too and I, I love I this they're... I love these ones when Jack turns into Fisk it's so good
3: I think there was a, a result of traumatic brain injury but I'm still enjoying them
0: <laughs> yeah I, well yeah absolutely I mean the <laughs> amount of times his brain has been rattled in his skull
3: was crushed under a building <laughs> he's squished like a pancake <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this is when he's in the gym and i was like oh nutty will be happy that they find uh, muay thai uh, ropes or whatever it was he, he <laughs> finds rope. yeah, yeah. Up muay thai. i actually i thought that was kind of cool i, like, I did oh, as I well pass. i liked it <laughs> And then later he's on, grabbing. he looks like he's got giant, like, gloves on because he's just got these, like, giant paws because he's got these big ropes tied. He's going through
3: and he's grabbing all the jump ropes and I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> and then when he starts to tie them, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Especially because, like, all right, not, not, so... Not to me, he but doesn't... they did explain it. Well, usually yeah. he has, like,
0: you know, in the first series, when he's, um, he has, like, rope tied around his... Um, his uh, his forearms, you know, Mm -hmm. to protect himself and to use his, like, brass knuckles and stuff.
3: Well, like, all right, so earlier in the series, he said he outgrew the suit. And what he means is that he's suicidal and he doesn't Mm -hmm. want to protect himself. The suit is to protect him, and he doesn't actually want protection. Yeah. But he's realized to fight Bullseye, to fight Dex, he's going to need to last long enough and hit hard enough to get in there, mm-hmm. and he also knows that he can't hit hard enough to get Kingpin. Yeah. So I think that the uh, the you know him wrapping his arms up was actually pretty cool. In mm-hmm. my, you know, I thought that was neat. Yeah. Because agreed. he's still not at the point where he's like, well, I need a suit to protect myself. No, 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 no. I just need to hit harder. He's still suicidal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. He's he's very masochistic. He just wants to be beaten up. Yeah, he wants to receive punishment that he feels he should get. No, I, okay. I, I, does that
2: make sense? <laughs> I I, I, I'm sorry, you didn't
0: hear. I said masochistic. Oh, masochistic. Oh, yes, ah, he's
2: masochistic. <laughs> Oh, uh, I put into that! It's only midnight here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, when do we see Matt next? Uh, oh, we get this uh, the scene between uh, Maggie and Karen, but we can talk about that quickly later. Um, so, obviously, he, Matt is set up by Nadine to go to this uh, place at a particular time to, uh, you know, to see Fisk because Fisk has left the hotel, so they want him to go to the hotel, um, and he's going to text Matt the address. And obviously, we know it's a setup. We're like no, Matt, no. I love that Matt uses his um, his equipment on his phone to read out the name of the address because that absolutely makes sense. If yeah. he did, if if had texted the address, he wouldn't be able to read it. Um, just little things like that, I really, I really like. And um, this is the moment where uh, he, Jack, kind of berates him and says that the reason Maggie left Matt and Jack is because they both have the devil inside. The mask lets him hurt people. And then he turns into Fisk, who goads him. And we get that awesome moment where Matt screams and punches Fisk and then breaks his neck. And it's like, whoa. And then it cuts to Matt alone in the gym.
5: Yeah, I, that,
0: I love yeah, the way that, that was
5: kind of awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Uh, so Matt heads off to uh, the electrical room to go and change into his costume and turn all the power off, which makes sense.
5: That is, phone booth, the electrical room.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It would be great if he just ran through some spinning doors and came out and he's like, I'm Daredevil. (laughs) And then someone will be like, hey, there's a cane in here. That dude's a blind guy. (laughs) He's like, crap. Uh, So, uh, meanwhile, uh, Dex, Devil, and Fisk are frustrated that Matt hasn't arrived. Um, But Matt can overhear the agent searching the building um, and, oh, what a feeling, Matt's on the ceiling doing a little spider thing, <laughs> which I love. Uh, and he enters Fisk's uh, suite and fills the electricity in the floor, which obviously leads to the secret doorway and stairwell, which leads to Mrs. Shelby. Da, da, da. Is
3: Mrs. Shelby in the comics?
0: I don't think so.
3: Is she related
0: to anybody? I don't think so, but ha- But uh, however... Mr.
2: Shelby, I'd imagine. <laughs>
0: Or Mrs. Shelby, she she might be a lady lover, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, and um, I don't know. And also, Den of Geek aren't doing Easter eggs anymore, so I have no one there to remind me. So if any listeners know, Christine, I'm looking at you. What? Then remind me. Yeah, Den of Den Geek. Geek Den of Geek did Easter eggs for the first six episodes and then stopped. <laughs> I was like, did Oh. Did they become allergic to chocolate? I mean, come on.
2: I don't know. It's crazy. It's Christmas. They're probably sick of it. yeah <sighs> I
0: don't know. And this is where Matt hears the radio report that Karen is uh, at the Clinton Church. And then Mrs. Shelby goes, oh, by the way, Fisk wants her dead.
2: Uh, Matt's torn. Yeah,
0: he's always torn. But his his love for Karen, guys. Right. Who should we talk about next? Do you want to talk about Dex and Kingpin together? Sure. Uh, Or we should really do like Dex and Nadine together, I guess. That makes more sense. Uh, Well, let's do Foggy and Karen first, because we have some Foggy and Karen stuff, Uh, mainly with Karen. uh, So first of all, Foggy visits a very tired looking Karen at her apartment, who's obviously freaking out. And did you guys see the sign on the back of her door, her front door? uh, It really made me remember something. There was there's a massive sign on the back of her front door that just says keys and I was like, "How many times has Karen forgotten her keys that she has to have this massive, <laughs> massive sign?"
5: Oh, uh, I'm gonna try that. Uh, <laughs> someone who keeps forgetting her keys. But, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since uh, I. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since I watched the last episode, so I had to think about like, why is what's wrong with Karen? Like, what happened to Karen?
0: <laughs> yeah, why is she freaking out? Yeah. yeah, so she's, she's like, properly freaking out in these episodes. Uh, rightly so. Well, rightly so in the next one. Um, so uh, Foggy tells her about his, his theory about Fisk creating a void in the criminals in the city. And um, Karen is panicked about doing another article, because obviously just had the bulletin massacre. Um, but they discuss it, and Foggy kind of talks her into it, even though she has lost her job. Um, so Foggy has his plan about bringing it up in a debate with Blake Tower and all this kind of thing. So, um, but Karen is not sure about it. So she goes to the bulletin and sits in her car and sees protesters outside the bulletin, um, but drives away and doesn't do the story. Did you guys see the sign that someone was holding? Dead Evil. It really made me laugh. Dead evil.
3: (laughs) When Foggy was talking to Karen about the article and getting Mm -hmm. her to do what he wanted her to do, I think she had already formulated her plan to get Fisk upset. Yeah. Because she's like, yeah, it, it doesn't protect him from any future crimes. So, right then and there, I think she was ready to egg him into um uh a a crime yeah and i think foggy thought he had directed her in a more constructive way and at the end of it it was like no she's just gonna do what she's gonna do exactly
0: you can't you can't stop karen from doing what she wants to do yeah yeah she's as we know stupid (sighs) yeah dangerous (laughs) but that's karen (laughs) Exactly. So we get the scene of Foggy um, at the event without Karen, waiting for her. Uh, In the end, he sort of gives up waiting for her. And then we get this uh, him interrupting Blake Tower in his speech to heckle him about Fisk's release. And I love, love, love this speech that Foggy gives because he's he's funny and he's confident and he's passionate. And I thought it was really good.
3: I was like, yeah, everyone, because they're like, what are you even doing here? He's like, "Yep, my family's got a table. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I really loved
0: it. And I love how passionate he is. And he's right. Like when he's saying he's, you know, he's still starting out with the law and um, he hasn't got the experience, but he's, um, yeah, he's still passionate. And it kind of because he is wanting to do the right thing. And it's sort of a change from where he was in season one where he was just about, I mean, obviously he was doing stuff for the right reasons as well, but he was about more about the money and it was Matt who was, you wanting to stand up and, you know, get justice. So I like that as well. Uh, yeah, we
5: assume He still works for, um, I okay. guess it's not Hogarth anymore. Uh, the other two.
0: Um, Oh, uh, Ben Benowitz oh. and Chow. Yeah. Um,
3: I guess, I don't know. If he was offered to leave with Helgarth, I think he'd leave with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: think he would as well. We don't know what's that like when We'll find out in Jessica Jones, I guess. Um, hopefully. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> but I love how passionate he is. And I love the moment where, and as soon as you see people filming it on your phone, on their phones, you're like, Oh, this is going to end up in fictional YouTube, you know, um, Marvel YouTube. And I love the moment where he realises he's talking about, you know, uh, doing something. I can't remember what he says. And he suddenly realises what Karen's going to do and runs out of there. Yep. It's great. I love it. I love you, foggy. Love it, love it, love it. Um, so we cut to Karen, where Karen is let into Fisk's suite as soon as she mentions uh, about his mother. Don't mention about Fisk's mum. It never ends well. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, how how suicidal is she? Pretty, yeah, I think Cause, so. Cause, so right uh, seriously, uh, yes. That 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 whole I, I, I'm gonna say it because I want to take That that whole yeah, I, I killed your friend type of thing. Cause honestly, when that happened in season one, I was like, this is not the Karen I thought it was. What do you mean? When she shoots your man, she even says to Fisk, "Yeah, I reloaded and shot him again."
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, in this whole scene, she's putting more and more pressure on. I think initially she thinks just by saying she's going to write this story about his mum, that will be enough for him to snap. And then that doesn't work. He manages to stay calm. So she then is like, oh, by the way, you didn't know I was there as well, you know, and I found out about it. And then she does pushes about his um, him killing his father when he was really young. And that doesn't work. So then, you know, that's when he uh, she kind of decides to bring up about uh, Wesley. So I don't think it was her original plan. I think she kind of
3: um, it was it, the last resort.
0: Yeah, it's a last resort. And she she doesn't know when to stop. She I just, really
3: think that Karen was hoping he'd kill her. I think, yeah, she, I think she brought her went there to get him angry. Yeah. And if he beat her within an inch of her life or beat her to death, Karen Page being dead in Kingpin's penthouse when he's supposed to be on lockdown would be enough to get him back in jail. And I think she was willing to sacrifice herself. And I think that she was. What does she have? Mm, yeah. True. Her family won't let her come back. Her yeah. job. Nobody wants her. Nobody trusts her. And her friends are are distanced as well. She's got nothing left. I think she was at a low point. I think that she had decided that if at least I, you know, he's going to want to kill me anyway once he finds out, at least this way my death can mean something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, well, I I did wonder if she was going to make it through the season at certain points of this season, Mm -hmm. I will say. I won't say if she does or not, because that would be a spoiler. (laughs) Um, The way this whole scene between her and Fiske, though, is amazing. It's It's masterful. It's so good. And the acting, like, I I mean, I have issues with what Karen is doing, because I I always have issues with Karen. But, (laughs) oh, my word, like, because we haven't seen these two characters, these two characters together, these two actors together, since season one. i just seen Vincent D'Onofrio and Deborah Ann Wall like play against each other. It, it's so good. Like they're both amazing. I honestly think that, like, I mean, obviously he's Vincent D'Onofrio. I think she's incredible. I really do.
3: I think it's really amazing uh, seeing the acting that Deborah Ann Wool has done on these shows because she she started out on the scene or in the the public uh, uh, awareness on True Blood, where I mean she was kind of a one trick character, you know, Mm -hmm. it was she's this sexy, innocent yeah, the baby vamp, the sexy, innocent vampire uh, thing and she didn't really get a lot of range, Mm -hmm. whereas here she's gotten range and she's gotten away from the eye candy thing and um, I think that that it's been really good and I hope that means that she'll be getting a lot more roles.
0: I, I think she will. I think she's very talented. Like I would definitely follow whatever she does next. I never really watched True Blood, but I'm really impressed with her. Um, I think this, yeah, I think this is brilliant. And I think, um, I mean, Fisk, you can see him getting more and more annoyed in this, um, in this scene as well. I think he shows a remarkable amount of restraint for Fisk that he doesn't like rip her head off. Do you know what I mean? Because he's, um, he just kind of yells And then the guys run in, you know, the agents run in. But you would think, yeah, he would just totally just rip her head off. I
3: think he was looking at her, thinking, "I could twist your head off like a dandelion." Like
2: yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Dandelion. (laughs) you would actually be amazed how much force (laughs) is required to twist someone's head off.
3: Not for yeah, Finn. but he's, he's Wilson <laughs> Fisk. Yeah,
2: exactly. I
4: think my favorite thing is that she calls
0: him. <laughs> oh, she calls him Willie at one point. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. Karen, what are you doing?
5: Yeah, I noticed that. I cringed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Willie. <laughs> Don't call me that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it ends with her being sort of escorted out. Foggy's there. Foggy told the agents that he thought Karen was going to kill Fisk. And I do wonder, like, I mean, she's gone through a check, you know, Obviously, uh, presumably she's had to leave her gun behind because she went, to, you know, they checked her and everything and searched her. How how do they think she's going to kill Fisk? <laughs> like, she's like, <laughs> she's so tiny. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, just I mean, don't they,
4: know. she hung out with the, with Punisher for a while. so True. <laughs> Maybe she's yeah, the but the
0: agents don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, didn't you hang out with Punisher for a while? So, um, that's basically the end of Karen and Foggy in that episode. And in the next one, we uh, have Karen and uh, Foggy at her apartment and she's frantically packing. She's on the run from Fisk. And this is when she berates herself. Because we get that awesome moment with her and Fisk where he he basically says to her about... Um, how does he say it to her? He, ba- he basically works out that... He says about Matt Murdoch's secret life and she looks panicked and co- totally confirms yeah. it. And it's um, such, Oh, go on. Sorry.
4: I was going to say, I'll steal the
0: quote. Sorry. Okay. No, that's all right.
4: He says, at what part did you learn about Murdoch's secret life? So good. So he just says that. And she, you can see like, she's such a good actress and you can see like 500 different things across her face. Yeah. And so yeah. did Fisk. And Fisk is like, hmm, Thanks.
0: Yeah, <laughs> thanks. And I love that they they did this twist on it because we spoke, I think, last week or the week before, about how in the comics this storyline it's Karen that reveals um, Daredevil's identity to Fisk, but under much different circumstances. Um, and I like that they did this twist on it where they still had her betray, betray Matt in a way, or
3: feel like she betrayed Matt. Um, and I love that we know. He already knows, mm-hmm. but she doesn't know that. Yeah. And so when he says, "Well, thank you for confirming my suspicions," <laughs> I like that Wilson Fisk voice. Um, that does more damage to her yeah. than anything that it gives him because he, he he it it doesn't give him anything. He already knows. He's seen he's seen that in action, and he did that. That's an attack. Yeah. That he did, and I just thought that was beautiful and it has the same effect that with the comics her being the one to reveal would do to the character of Karen mm-hmm.
0: yeah absolutely we see that all the way through this this episode and she um, meets up with Maggie in the park and this is when they talk about Maggie's postpartum and abandoning Matt and Maggie offers to let Karen hide out in the church and Karen agrees And I think that's all the foggy and... Oh, no, we do have foggy later as well, obviously, in this scene with his brother, uh, with Theo, where... Before
3: we move on to that, I thought the little bit about you can stay in the church. We've been protecting scared women for years and that, you know, basically leaning into the whole yeah, you, we're constantly helping victims of domestic abuse get out. We can do that for you as well. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, I thought that was really cool.
0: And says that she can hide out sort of any, all over the world. They have, you know, they can sort something yep. out for her. Uh, I like this scene in Nelson Meets because I just, the just the Nelsons, there's like, like, I wrote in my notes, we're at Nelson Meets, all, all 10,000 Nelsons And Marcy are watching Foggy's video (laughs) because there's so many of them. They're like the Weasleys. Like (laughs) there's so many of them. And this is where we have the the conversation between Theo and Foggy where um, Theo tells him that Foggy needs to apologize to Fisk um, publicly because basically um, they were coerced into doing like a dodgy loan or applying for a dodgy loan. Um, with Redline Bank, which is owned by Fisk. And if um, if he doesn't apologise, uh, this is what Felix has told Theo, if he doesn't apologise and take that back, then uh, they're going to call the loan. And if the loan gets examined too closely, Theo and Ma and Pa Nelson will end up going to jail. So whenever things go well, Foggy had that awesome sex last week. Obviously, something bad's got to happen.
3: Well... One of the things that I thought was really interesting is, you know, this whole plan of Foggy, you're going to be safe because you're going to be in the limelight. Yeah, <laughs> but how many brothers and sisters do you have? <laughs> yeah.
0: And it also shows a that you are now. Yeah, exactly. It shows how far back as well. Fisk has been planning all this. Because like we find out with Nadim, like this is like a year, like he pegged Nadim yeah. a year ago. And obviously this has been going on for yeah, months or, you know, maybe even a Almost year. Almost
3: a year as well. Yeah. It's, it's
0: crazy. It's so, yeah. it, it really shows, he's just the spider in this giant web and how far his reach goes. It's It's crazy.
3: Uh, and I do want to comment on the actor that plays his brother. Yeah. I think the casting is
2: really Oh, brilliant.
3: yeah. yeah. And you brother? don't hear his accent at all.
2: Yeah, true. Where's where he from? Limerick. Really? Yeah. A hell of a lot better than casting Colin Farrell as Bullseye in the Dead of a Movie. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> he is so Irish. He was in Angela's Ashes. Wow.
0: <laughs> and he seems like such a sweet guy on Facebook. His name's Peter Haplin, or Haplin, and he just seems like a really sweet guy. And he's been really thankful this week just about appearing in Daredevil, and thank you to all the fans and everything. And I think the casting is so good because they do look exactly the same. <laughs> like, it's yeah, and, really and, scary. And he
3: does that whole, like, shy, reserved thing that a younger brother of, like, Big Ben, dis- you know, running for district attorney would.
2: Yeah. Plus, yeah. he looks a lot like him. Exactly. Yeah, he,
3: he, just, he looks like a Nelson. He's a Nelson. Oh, and by the way, apparently uh, he was on a Broadway play with um, Luke Cage's dad. <gasps> oh! <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, that has nothing to do with Daredevil. <laughs> That's just adorable. Uh,
0: right, let's talk about... Do you want to talk about Nadim and Dex or Fisk? Let's do Nadim. Okay, let's yeah. do Nadim and Dex. Dex. Because they, they share a lot of uh, screen time together. So uh, we first see Dex arriving home post the Bulletin Massacre with his head still buzzing and he sort of desperately listens to Dr. Mercer's tapes and decides that he should really clean up his apartment and then we get that awesome visual of him hoovering the floor while wearing the dead owl costume. <laughs> and it's amazing. And I wish yeah. he would be wearing the helmet as well.
2: We, we, should, we should be playing I Want to Break Free there.
0: Oh, it'd be so good. <laughs> yes. It's so adorable. Um, I, I love it. I think it's great. And um, We first see Nadine where he is entering work playing it cool, but obviously we know that he's met with Matt and he's um, got you know, got suspicions about his colleagues now, and he goes. He's
2: met with a he's met with a bullet,
0: and he's met with a, he hasn't met with a bullet yet. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Yeah, that's okay. later. Um, and he's going through all the files and uh, has suspicions about Dex and sees him turning the monitors off. So obviously, pretty much knows it's Dex. And then, what's well, probably Tammy's favourite scene in this episode <laughs> because Tammy loves it when Dex is a creeper, don't you, Tammy? No, I.
4: I love it. Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's jogging along the river and he catches up to Julie. And I was like, just kick him in the balls and run away.
4: I, I cannot tell you how smart this character is. She is brilliant. She is, yeah. different things that she's done in the other episodes, like the fact that she yells at him in the middle of this restaurant, you know, a couple episodes back to make sure that he doesn't touch her, you know, and really starts to make a scene. That's not something a lot of women do. And and we get into situations that are dangerous for us. And so the fact that we have this character that knows how to kind of get out of that. And then in this scene where, or in this interaction with Dex, where she plays along with him for her own safety. And then as soon as she is safe and away from him, immediately blocks him and tells him, please do not contact me ever again.
0: Well, we like, don't know if that was her
2: though. Yeah. The, the, the Den of Geek thinks she was there at that point, And That was Kingpin.
3: Yeah, that's what I thought.
0: Yeah. Because we see her get drugged and take. We don't know if she's drugged or something. Um, so, and Kingpin, he's tried to. Oh, you he's know.
3: Really
0: he's tried. Well, I don't no, know if. I just, you, I, I don't she know. was knocked out, wasn't she? I don't know if she was shot yeah, or anything. She was
3: knocked out. I just. Assumed. Oh, knocked out. So when I watched this, mm-hmm. um, I wrote feedback. So this is my feedback after watching this episode. Okay. Um, and I just... I Everything in the past, by the way, with the suicide hotline was so cringy for me. Um, <laughs> but how much of a puppet master he is, that Fisk oh, yeah. is, yeah. Um, that Dex didn't even see her coming. And then... Uh, so he, he tries to get her to talk to him and, and to be that North Star and then when they attack her I was just I rate. now what will they do her are they going to use her to frame Dex so I thought they're going to hang on to her and like when he needs to get rid of Dex that's going to be his evidence yeah Dex killed her and then I also said are they going to stick her in a fridge um, yeah <laughs> <that's> <laughs> bad, bad joke but that, I didn't see that coming at all. I was mm-hmm. so shocked at that. See, but I, shouldn't I, have
4: I, I think that that's something she would have done anyway, just because of her behavior in the last episode we saw her in.
0: I think she'd, she'd be she smart to, have, yeah, to block him, I, for sure.
4: Yeah, I think that, I don't think that that was, I think it's believable to Dex, because that is something she would have done. She's mm. she's not stupid, and I, and I really like that. I like that they, sh- they allow her to play this part where she's just trying to be safe and so fine she'll agree to go out to coffee with him and she'll agree to like you know basically help him when she's there and then I do I, think that if ev- yeah. she would have eventually just been like okay now don't contact me <laughs> again yeah. when she was safe and away from
3: or to, like I'm blocking his number I'm yes. changing where I live um yeah. I also kept getting confused because she just Looks so much like Typhoid Mary. <laughs> I kept expecting her to change and, and, and beat him up. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, if if the the girl that Dex was crushing on was the Mary side of Typhoid Mary? Oh <laughs> man! And then when she wanted him to stay away, when Walker wanted him to stay away from Mary, oh boy, yeah, That's, somebody write that and send it to me.
0: I wonder if Typhoid, I don't know if Typhoid Mary and Bullseye have ever fought. That would be really cool, like in the comics. Mm. Yeah, that would be that would be amazing if they did that. I would love it. Fan fiction, please, Nutty. You can write it. I don't
3: know enough. <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's so creepy, and I. I mean, like, I, I sort of joked, like, if he came up to me again at this point, I would kick him in the balls and run away. But that's probably what is going to actually probably get me killed. And you're right, Tammy. She's much more sensible and smart than I am because of <laughs> <laughs> the way she does it. Um, so, yeah. So. I, you know,
4: and, and obviously I have not been in a situation where, thankfully, where I've had a dex in my life to that extreme where,
0: you know. Unless Dan is just playing a really long game. <laughs>
4: you know what
0: then he wins that's a lot of uh, effort yeah
4: but i i've definitely been in a situation where i don't feel safe and i just play along yeah to a point where i feel safe and then i get away (laughs) because just you know like (laughs) i would like to live
0: to fight another day versus just fighting and being dead so (laughs) true uh so nadine meets matt in the alleyway and this is when they decide to go and um uh investigate Dex's apartment and then we see Dex on his little date with Julie in the coffee shop and this this is so awkward when he does yeah. his little goat impression when he says scapegoat I was oh. like oh the cringe yeah. oh, oh. That was so creepy oh it was like I just wrote in my notes the cringe the cringe yeah. <laughs> oh um, I, I wanted to mention this scene as well because did you guys see the uh, the person reading the paper in the background? The really bad extra. There's this extra who's like reading a paper, and they're really not reading this paper. They're just flicking through, and I think they even spiked the camera at one point as if to be like, "I'm reading the paper. Look, I'm flicking pages." And it's because the um, the cover it's the New York Bulletin, and the cover says Daredevil's Midnight Slaughter. And it's reference to the bulletin, so I think they wanted it on camera. But it's just really bad, like the way the 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 extras doing it. And then there's an article inside, and I don't know what this is in reference to, but the headline says "Whack on the track." What 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 does that mean? (laughs) Will,
3: what does this mean?
5: Whack on the track. Whack on the track
3: i'm assuming Somebody it has something them. to do with the subway yeah whack yeah. on the track yeah fair on the track uh-huh. oh,
0: strange mm. uh
3: <laughs> you you are talking about the same city by the way that uh has a park called the crack is uh, crack is whack park <laughs> it is True. a real park oh you we have
0: what? next visit we're going
3: <laughs> oh and not far from there there's some really great keith herring so are you gonna say not far from there's some really good crack well there might be i don't know i'm not i'm not a connoisseur of crack Um, but it is up in harlem so we can visit luke cage as well yay nice and we'll go there on purpose
0: this time not like when me and moira ended up there accidentally (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. uh so dex enters the office to meet nadim and this is when nadim takes him to talk to here to talk to andrea morales i think this is really smart nadim as well to be like hey we all pitched in and paid for this attorney, um, oh, yeah. you know, so you can talk to her. I think it's really clever. Um, and if, I mean, if it wasn't for him getting that text from Julie or texting Julie, I think he would have stayed there and talked to um, to Morales about this. It's only because of that that he goes home earlier. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and she tells him that he'll be back in his job in about six months. Um, and obviously when he gets the, the blocked message from... Uh, Julie, this is when he leaves. And as we've mentioned, I love the fight between Dex and Matt with the little chandelier pieces. Just like little glass missiles. at this
4: point, I have um, put in my notes, uh, I believe that Nadine will not make it even through
0: episode 11. By then,
4: either... In episode eleven or before, he will be dead.
0: Wow, it's going even shorter. Next week it's gonna be episode ten. Right,
4: <laughs> well that's why I said or before. That's that's the like furthest out he's getting is episode eleven.
0: Wow, okay. All right. So this was before he was shot. This was on my <laughs> wow. And then when he was shot, were you like, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The police give uh, Dex this uh, instant report and leave because they've given this incident report about uh, the, you know, the burglary. And uh, Dex uh, decides to tip the tapes of Dr. Mercer into a bucket and after consideration burns them. And then Felix, I think Felix must just hang out outside his door and be like, oh, he's doing something very, you know, very eventful. Um, I will <laughs> knock on the door right now. Like... He always knocks at the exactly the right time, and he tells him to go with him. Uh, and then the next time we see Nadim is when he's phoning his wife to say that he's working late, but he's sitting there with a big bullet hole in his side. Isn't
3: this after he promised her he wasn't going to lie to her? Uh,
0: yeah, I think yeah. he's promised that a few times.
3: Yep. I was so angry at him. <laughs> I was just so angry at him. <laughs> I, you you can't do that. Exactly. Ah. Because, oh, honey, I'm just working on paperwork. What if you bleed out there? The last thing you said to her was a lie. Yeah. Like what? Ah.
0: Yeah, and I think at this point though, he's well, actually probably not at this point because he doesn't know about Tammy being being no. evil yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, he doesn't know me that well He just I doesn't know, know you know that, that well <laughs> You would like to get to know him, wouldn't you? Come on, we we've, we've, yeah. we've said how pretty he is He really is He yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> is you missed our discussion right. earlier About how nice he is
1: <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> I'm sure i with uh, oh, it at all oh, Were you here? I can't remember
5: Oh, which, was which cool. discussion was that?
0: when what? I was going oh, on
5: Martin about how hot I was thinking um, bullseye but yeah I agree Nadine
0: <laughs> <hard as> well. <laughs> yeah he's totally hot uh, so then we get the scene where um, he goes to Tammy's house you enter Tammy's house you're either going to see someone get killed or you're going to be killed yourself that's what I've learned uh, yeah. I've been to Tammy's I, house I did it by <laughs> <a> moment, <so. laughs> This scene is so good. What did you guys do? What was your reaction when Tammy just shot Win? Because I did not expect it at all. And I remember really jumping, and I think I, like, threw my sandwich in the air when I watched it. So, I actually...
3: I was,
5: go ahead. I, was, I wasn't surprised. I was expecting something to happen. I was expecting, like, uh, maybe, like, Nadine to get shot in the head before he could say anything, but then when it seemed like that wasn't happening, I, mean, I just knew something was going to go down.
0: Yeah. Something's going to so, go down.
3: I remember thinking when he called his boss, I was like, "That is the right thing to do." Nadim, good for you. And then, as Nadim is entering the house of Tammy, I was thinking <laughs> how much I like Tammy and how great it is that N- Nadim <laughs> didn't fall for Fisk. It felt like he was going, like he was going to, so often. Then I said, "Why is her house set up like a kill room?" <laughs> and as Nadim <laughs> is unfolding the events, I said. Watch, Tammy just shoot them both because she works for Fisk. And then, boom, the gun goes off. Yeah. Which was yeah. shocking, but not as shocking as when we see just how deep the corruption is and you realize, of course it is. Yeah. What? Like, all of Fisk's bop people were cleared out? Like, he could do all this other stuff and not have a large part of the FBI on his side, too? Nadeem is stuck, but dang, it hurts watching him play right into this. Yeah. Yeah, I
5: thought he would end up working for him sooner because of his money problem. I thought that would (laughs) push him over to Fisk.
0: Well, then we find out the money problems are all because of Fisk. Yeah. Because Fisk is the one that organized the um, insurance to fall through for his um, sister's treatment. And that is what caused Nadeem's money problems. So it's... I feel yeah. so bad for him. I feel so bad because there's honestly like no way out for him. Um, and if
3: you look back, like Tammy sends him to to talk to Fisk, um, and just before she sends him, she talks about why he can't be, get promoted because he's a risk for being turned. Yeah, and she sets him up. Yeah. Because she wants him to get turned. And it's like, oh, it's so insidious. It's just... And then you find out about the whole insurance thing, and it's like, oh, man. It was, that's the way they... That's the writing part of getting Kingpin the way he should be. You yeah. know, like, he is a methodical villain. He's not just
0: a giant thug, you know, a guy. I mean, this is yeah. the, the the thing about Kingpin. When he was created, he was a Spider-Man villain. And was very much just like the big guy, you know, like a big, like almost like the character the Blob, you know, just this big guy that would beat you up. And then it was in Frank Miller's writing that he went. There's there's a few panels that are very famous where he lights a, c- um, a cigar, I think, and then the way he's he's um, lit and the way he's then written from then on is Frank Miller creating this version of the Kingpin where, and and taking him on as a Daredevil villain where he isn't just this big guy that beats people up he is this really intelligent methodical um kingpin like you said nutty yeah. and i love yeah. it it's so good and the fact that straight after the shooting as well you know felix wanders in and just immediately takes the gun because obviously like you know tammy's had to say to nadim uh, i'm putting your leave so nadim gets out his gun and his badge puts it on the table mm-hmm. so she can then pick up the gun and shoot, win with it, so there's his fingerprints on the gun, it's his gun, and then Felix just immediately comes in and goes, thank you very much, I've got the recording of Tammy begging you to to, to stop shooting, and the gun, thank you very much, you know, it's so good, it's so good.
3: And so um, the other thing that I had written here is like, when you start finding out how deep things go, uh, I was like, I wouldn't put it Too far for kingpin to have given the sister cancer somehow you know like, (laughs) that's how deep it was and i know i said it earlier but when you know it's like you know he he's asking well what has he got on you and it's like we don't talk about that here and then you know he's just so disgusted by everyone and then once tammy says Mm -hmm. i used to have two kids yeah it makes sense Everybody's a Nadine. Yeah. Everybody has had a masterful play done to them that is so detailed that they don't have a choice, and this is the best that they can do.
4: And it's so sad because
3: they're
0: all
4: pawns. It's not like they want to help this. They probably like hate themselves. There's so much shame involved in what they're doing. That's
0: probably part of the reason they don't say his name. Because it yeah and they have to use a like name to, to distance themselves slightly from it. Yeah. yeah. It's just so sad. Yeah. Is it is like, not a back
2: to sorry. It's not no, a back to season one.
0: Uh, they do mention right. it in, in season one, but in that nobody says Fisk's name. But I, I like the use here in that because in season one it was like he was this mysterious guy, he didn't want to be in the public eye, and it's when you know they kind of dragged him into the public eye and he became this public figure he never wanted to be public he always wanted to be behind the shadows but I like yeah. the use of it now in that I feel like they're distancing themselves slightly from the fact that they're working for Wilson Fisk because i I don't work for Wilson Fisk because Wilson Fisk is a monster I work for the Kingpin
3: yeah I, you know I, well could you imagine having to say the name of the person that killed your kid yeah yeah I mean I just I I know people who have had their children hurt by people and they all use code words. Yeah. For the people. They they don't want to say their names. Um it has too much power. It brings it all back. Yeah. So, and the fact that you have to work for them.
0: Oh, oh it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Tammy's Tammy's not you know, I feel bad for Tammy now. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I I I'm glad that like <laughs> we found out she was evil and then
3: feel bad for her right away. She's She's not, she's not evil. She's, I know she's not, but it's working for Fisk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's Uh, working for Fisk.
3: Much like we've seen elsewhere in the daredevil universe. No one is truly good and no one is truly evil.
0: Exactly. (sighs) What do we think about the scene where, I mean, we talked about the scene where she introduces him to all the other guys. Um, and the scene where so Dex goes... party ever. <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Um, the scene where Tammy and Nadine um, enter the little secret room to meet Fisk, and Fisk makes Nadim remove his ankle bracelet because he says no, Nadim, and he gets him to yeah. do it. Oh! Yep. Oh, it's yep. so good!
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. I also to write in my notes, Dex gives great smirk. He's got a great <laughs> smirk. <laughs> it's amazing. The funny
3: um, thing is, He's got dirt on everyone, mm-hmm. and he's manipulated all of these people by threatening the people that they care about most. Yeah. Except Dex. Dex he has not because he might hurt somebody. Dex he has because he found a way to tap into the joy that Dex has in hurting people. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, yeah, we,
0: we didn't mm-hmm. mention the scene. I think we've gone past it where he sort of gets Dex on side, I guess, where he talks about like the anger within and sometimes you just need to let out a primal scream. And then mm-hmm. Dex lets out that scream and then he just hugs him and it's like, oh, you know. Oh, I feel bad for Dex as well. I mean, I know Dex is a psychopath and, and a murderer and he's, he's horrific, um, but I feel bad in that. I feel bad for everyone that's being manipulated.
3: I, I also think that Dex has a desire Or had at least a desire for controlling and maybe getting help. Yeah. And while he may not have actually gotten help and and gone about it the right way, I feel bad for him in the sense that he didn't want to be this. Yeah. Like, he would get joy out of killing kittens and it bothered him that it made him happy. So, like, I don't know. I have this desire that everyone can be redeemed so to me there's there's that like dex was failed yeah 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 definitely the other thing is I I have in my notes um I wonder what Wilson has set up for Marcy mm.
4: and and with, with Dex like I, I think I mentioned it in one of the previous podcasts I can feel bad for him and still want him behind bars and not oh yeah it. I know oh, absolutely. that he, he yeah. can't stop himself from hurting people or things. That's yep. what he's going to do. I feel bad for him, but at the same time I'm like <laughs> if he were to die it would be like this terrible loss to the world. It would just be
0: sad for him.
4: <laughs> like It's so sad. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I agree. We've only really got like Fisk left and we've sort of covered a lot of his stuff. Um, I wanted to mention obviously about his his plan that we see at the end, where he gathers all these crime bosses, the fact that Rosalie! he's, he, yeah, exactly, and the fact yes. as well that he can just walk out of, um, you know, take his little ankle bracelet off and just walk out of there and get driven around by Dex is crazy. But yeah, he gathers all these crime bosses, and we get Rosalie, and I love her. She's the only yeah. sensible one because <laughs> she's, I just, love like, her so she's much. just like, she's just like, yeah, exactly. You've got this other guy who's like mouthing off at Fisk and you're like, as soon as he says anything, you're like, oh, you're dead. And then he just gets whacked to the head and he's dead. Well, um, and I
3: think what gives this scene a little more gravitas is the way she responded to essentially Luke Cage telling her the same thing. Yeah. What is a very different response? because yeah. She's like, yeah, no, that's not how it's going to work with Luke Cage. And with the kingpin, she's like, all right, where do I send the money?
0: Maybe she's thinking she can set Luke and uh, Fisk up against each other.
2: That's about battle I'd like to see. That would be
0: awesome.
2: Yeah. That would be fun.
0: Yeah. So I just wanted to mention about that scene because it's great, and and now he's also, got he's got Dex working for him, I guess, full time as his bodyguard, and in the <laughs> FBI just dressed as Daredevil. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's crazy. I love that. Um, basically, it looks like Nadim was the last FBI agent he needed to get. Yeah, like everybody else, he had. He's got a full set he's there He's got the set <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Got... <laughs> I love the moment where Dex like comes out and stands next to Nadim in the Daredevil costume, and Nadim just gives him this look like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> like, what is? I love Nadim's reaction shots in these episodes where he's just constantly like, "What? What is happening? <laughs> How is this the reality?" Exactly. He's nice so good <laughs> at it. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, and that's basically the end of the episode. So do you guys have any notes uh, about anything else? I know we're running long, so I just wanted to, to check again if you guys are okay.
3: Oh, I did, actually. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was when Matt and Nadim were um, uh, working together. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be good for Nadim. No, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> uh, but it also brings up, do we kill Fisk and just end it? Oh, yeah, Matt doesn't kill. But this is like the trolley problem, you know, yeah. when you're talking about morality uh, or the go back in time and kill Hitler idea. Would killing one person save others uh, be the more moral choice or is Matt a moral absolutist in the sense that, yeah, but if he does it, that's worse than saving all of those people. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I don't think Matt's on that whole moral absolutism thing, but I do think his no kill code has been part of that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's in on paper, it's one thing to say if I kill this person, even, you know, all these other people are going to be safe. But it's a whole other thing to kill someone, or even more so, to plan and carry out murder. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, you can't, you can't say you're a good guy for it. You know, it's, it's, this is, this is Punisher territory. This is, there is no right. right. It, you, you are wrong. Yeah. No matter what. And it's, it's, uh, it's a really, we could probably have a whole podcast just on this idea. But I thought that that was really interesting. And it came right on the heels of rewatching uh, The Good Place.
2: Okay. With, um, yeah, that, that, I was wondering as soon as you mentioned the trolley problem, I was like, "Oh, the Good Place season 2 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not but, gonna say yeah. anything else because it'd be a large spoiler for anyone who hasn't <laughs> seen it. Sorry for spoiling earlier. I <laughs> <mind>. <laughs> but
3: uh, I just, I to me, that kind of a mental exercise is really cool when it comes to comic book characters, mm-hmm. especially with the whole like no kill thing, which came from like the comics code, and it. You know, when it comes down to it, it's like, yeah, but he's going to just keep killing people.
0: Well, that's why, like, people were upset because you have, like, the no-kill code with Batman as well. And people were so upset when they saw um, uh, Batman versus Superman because you've got Batman killing people all over the place in that film. And, like, the Michael Keaton Batman is killing people all over the place. And fans were really upset at it. And I remember when the Daredevil movie came out, fans were upset at that because in that film he lets a guy he doesn't kill a guy but he lets a guy die because of his inaction which is basically the same as killing him in my point of view if you leave a guy lying on a train track where a train's coming and you don't help him then you've killed that guy um and i
3: think in matt's point of view that is definitely the same yeah um there's a really great short i think it's like a college humor video um where pat oswald is playing the penguin (laughs) <laughs> I think then, I've seen this, yeah. And he's with Batman, and Batman keeps killing people, and he's like, I thought, what do you mean? You kill people all the time. And he's like,
6: no, I don't. I don't kill people. <laughs> he just
3: killed that guy. He's sleeping. <laughs> and, he's got, and he just keeps killing people, and he's like, "No, he's sleeping. His head's on backwards. Yeah, he's going to be have a stiff neck waiting." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's so true, though. Like, yeah, it's... But I like the way, the fact that they play with that in this show, like in Daredevil, when they have him in this say he's going to kill Fisk, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. Matt wouldn't kill Fisk because he has this no kill code. But yeah, would it be better? Because I mean, if Fisk gets put away, then he's he's so clever; he's just going to manipulate his way out again.
3: Yeah, and and it brings us to why, and he's even him coming to the point of I'm going to kill Fisk is because Matt is at the point where he's at the lowest and he's been so beaten that he's like, it doesn't work. I've done everything else and it doesn't work. And so he's broken. Yeah. And that's when he starts to question his rules. Um, and I think we've talked about it, like, for instance, in earlier seasons, how, yeah, he may not have a no kill code, but he's given lots of concussions and, you know, people have ended up in comas after having a fight with him. I'm yeah. Sure. Traumatic brain injury is, you know,
0: Okay. Yeah, that's not a walk in the park, Mark. What are you, uh, Matt? What are you talking about? Not Mark. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Dropping fire, fire extinguishers on people's heads. Oh, but I didn't kill him. No, but the uh, <laughs> the bleeding in his brain did.
2: <laughs> can I can I interject briefly with something relevant here? I was at a panel in Opticon about movie fights, mm-hmm. and you had like several stunt coordinators and stuff on the same. Basically, any blow to the head can kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, there's definitely. An example: Dublin, uh, about four or five years ago, where someone got punched, and fell down and struck their head on the pavement, and died in hospital three days later. And yeah. This is literally, just one push. It's incredibly easy to kill humans.
3: Yeah, and 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 concussions are like a serious thing. People make jokes about it, but like they will leave lasting damage. And and if you don't treat a concussion properly. You really do risk death, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So every time I watch a like an action movie, I'm like, "That's a concussion. That's a concussion. <laughs> That's a concussion. <laughs> it's not good.
0: Yeah, they've got adamantium skeletons." Uh, right. Well, let's. Um, we don't really have any Easter eggs um, because then, well, I, because then of geek haven't got any, and I haven't written any down.
3: I will say, mm-hmm. uh, this is an opinion spoiler. Ooh. I think the next episode is like one of my favorites okay
0: amazing um, I think next the next episode will be interesting to discuss for sure
3: yeah it, <laughs> it, it, it because we got the episode next week I feel okay a little bit about the uh cancellation because I'm not sitting here going but you never answered that yeah so.
0: I think the fact that we get the episode next week and the the way the season finishes, and mm-hmm. this is in the loosest terms, not the very ending of the season, but the way generally yep. the season ends. I I spoke to Rebecca as well and was like, this feels like it could be a series finale. Yep. As yeah. well. For more, yeah, but well, that,
3: it could that's be. That's actually done.
0: good. I like yeah. that. Yeah. It, it, like although that they, they that do leave good. something as if to go, buh, 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 yeah. and you'll. Yeah, more. Mm, yeah. But um, it's not a gun shooting magic bullets, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it, Actually, it
3: I, is. Yeah. Oh. I, I was seriously burned by Remington Steel growing up, so I really hate when things are canceled with a big huh? spoiler or a big question. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, but you, I think you guys will get some ideas about what next week might be about when I read the title oh. of the episode. I've seen
4: the title of the episode. I didn't read
0: anything, obviously, about it. I
5: saw the title. That's what this episode's about.
0: We'll we'll discuss it in a sec. Uh, Right, Uh, so yeah, Easter eggs. I don't really have any apart from, uh, obviously, Rosalie Carboni. We talked about it in the episode. She's awesome. She's been in Punisher and Luke Cage. I love her. She's great. That's about it. Uh, So, let's go on to quotes. So... Nutty or Alan, do either of you review have any quotes for this week?
3: Yeah, I did just, I used to have two kids. Oh,
0: it's so dark! Uh, I have one by Foggy, which is I discovered this while looking into Marcy's briefs. In more ways than one. Wink. Oh <laughs> he's the foggiest he's
4: ever been He's foggy. so foggy, I love it. Two
3: episodes. I love him so much. <laughs> We have definitely gotten the best Foggy in this season.
0: Oh, and yeah, the best Foggy in this season. And I still, I you know, I have a, a, some minor, minor issues with the way the character's been done in the show. But I'm so pleased with Foggy in the show. And he was always my choice, as I've said before. Vincent D'Onofrio to play Kingpin, Eldon Henson to play Foggy, and I couldn't believe. And Scott Glenn to play um, Stick. I couldn't believe that I got all three. I was like, wait, as, from a fan wait. point of view,
3: who at Marvel is reading your, your Marvel
0: diary? Seriously. As someone, I don't know who. Well,
3: man. she posted
4: it everywhere. I <laughs> like flew
0: over pepper. Marvel HQ with one of those airplanes with a message behind. <laughs> so, you know,
2: um,
0: yeah. uh, I have a quote, which is from two uh, <laughs> FBI agents, which is that's his mother. Shit. He actually had one. <laughs> That made me
2: laugh about I, I, this. I, I I have two. At least I think there are two. Cool. Uh What well, one is bang, <laughs> basically the the moment that uh, Tammy shot. Oh yeah. The boy agent in there because literally that came at me completely out of the blue. I had I, I'm delighted that I was totally clueless about it because I was like, holy crap. <laughs> and the so other good. one is uh, Foggy saying saying to Karen, uh, he could have snapped you like a twig. So true.
0: What would have happened if he just picked Karen up and just broke her over his knee?
3: Uh, she'd be
6: broken. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. yeah, that's true.
0: Um, I have a foggy quote to
4: Karen that's just like, hi, whoa. <laughs> 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 <So great.
0: laughs> Will, have you got
3: any quotes?
5: Um, I lucky. not like it. I wrote down one that I thought was funny. John Hamm, you're coming with us. <laughs> <laughs> John i don't remember i think it's maybe one of the fbi agents or maybe i misunderstood
0: i would love it if john ham's randomly in the scene <laughs> <laughs> they go is it when they're arresting all the crime bosses and one of I them just happens so. to be hollywood actor john ham that would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting there with rosalie carbone being like yep <laughs> Being an actor, being an Emmy-nominated actor, award-winning actor is all a front. I'm actually a crime boss. Oh, I'd love that. Oh, Sorry. i got a,
4: a Karen quote to this: Two trained journalists working on an old woman like that. And my next note was, that wasn't two trained journalists. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One trained journalist and you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you had no clue what she was doing. <laughs> I have a Tammy quote, which is quite chilling as well, which is, I'm not your boss anymore, Wilson Fisk is.
5: Oh, yeah. I had that one too, yeah.
0: I think I had one. I also <laughs>
5: wrote, shame on you. Oh,
0: that was so good. Shame, shame. On you. I had a, a, a shame. quote from uh, Foggy's <laughs> mum that I have been asked actually before in my life, so I related to Marcy, which is, so Marcy, have you considered freezing your eggs? I was like, yeah. I've been asked that, yeah.
3: Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't ask people that, <laughs> Just, guys. Don't, okay? Exactly.
4: They're considering it and they want to tell you about it. Cool. Otherwise, none of your dampest <laughs> it's,
3: it's really not a good question, and yeah. I, I, the fact that at least two people on this podcast have been asked that and it's never good. <laughs> yep.
4: Um, I've got a Dex quote. My life is out of control. <laughs> <laughs> no, like,
1: yes. I
2: was thinking like, no fucking shit Has your life ever have been in control decks?
4: Yeah.
2: Oh okay. Dex.
4: I was so into you. I mean like that. I was like, what are you
1: talking about, Dex?
0: It's one of, it's again, one of the things I feel sad about with the cancellation of Daredevil, it's like I said about with Iron Fist, that we're not going to get any more Tom Pelfrey as Ward because I loved him yeah. so much. It, it makes me sad that we're never going to get Wilson Bethel as full-on bullseye. Do you know what I mean? Because this is his bullseye origin yeah. story, just as in season one was Kingpin's origin story, and then in this season we got kind of full-on Kingpin. And I just feel like... It just makes me sad that we'll never get that now because I love him in this role. I think he's so good. He killing be creepy. Yeah, but he's he's creepy and he's funny and he's awkward yeah. Yeah. and oh, that jawline man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other quotes, guys? No
3: quotes, but I did find Easter eggs for you. Ooh, oh! tell me, tell me. When Dex returns home, the number of his apartment door is one three one. This Ooh. is a reference to the fact that Bullseye's first appearance in yes. the comics was in Daredevil issue 131. Nice. I, as soon as I said 131, Clark goes, Oh! <laughs> oh! I heard it. Um, One of the crime families on Foggy's notes is the Mag- Magia? Magia? I don't the know Medea. How to pronounce that. <laughs> not Medea. This <laughs> is a crime family popular in the comics. Oh, I've not heard of that. Uh, this is, we talked about this, but this is the first time Fisk is explicitly referred to by the name Kingpin. Mm-hmm. And when Matt first enters the boxing gym, you see part of a boxing match <gasps> poster of yes. Carl Crusher Creel versus Batlin Jack Murdoch. From Crusher Season 1. Creel? Yeah. Yeah. And Crusher Creel is also known as the supervillain, the absorbing man in the Marvel Comics universe. Who, having once been a boxer, but was tripped into giving and given superhuman abilities by the arch villain Asgardian Loki, he was Loki'd. Loki. Loki uh, Creel also has a recurring <laughs> role in another Marvel television series, Agents of Shield,
0: and he is played I think it was by... season two because I vaguely remember Fitz stopping him with a doohickey,
1: <laughs>
0: which could be any episode oh, no. saying that, yeah. It could be any
5: He's been Sunday.
0: back in season five I think Oh nice There's yeah. also when Matt goes back Because when, um, when Matt goes back to the uh, the gym later on I noticed that they had a little photo of, um, of uh, Jack on the wall uh, Boxing mm. someone And yeah. it kind of made me sad Because I was like Oh Matt will have no idea it's there You know because you can't yeah. see it and I just thought yeah, that made me sad yeah
3: you can't see that that's your dad's picture yeah,
0: yeah. that made me sad yeah. uh, so end it on that sad note sorry <laughs> uh, let's rate this epi- these, the, these episodes um,
3: Nutty Nuchas oh geez go with me first um, <laughs> it's hard to separate them right like mm-hmm. this is this is the hard part about doing two in one um, yeah I think I'm I'm really digging the these. Um, uh, I'm gonna give them nine out of tens for both of them. Nice. Uh, n- so nine out of ten uh, tapes uh, confessing killing kittens. <laughs> um, and uh, and tapes. Oh god. <laughs> <That's terrible. laughs> yeah. And and nine out of ten um, awesome flashback castings that are, might be creepy considering uh, the age of. Uh, uh, the yeah. other actor <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: really you
2: do Awesome uh, Alan Okay I'm just trying to think Actually if this is episode appropriate Yeah I, I, I'm going to give MacTale 5 because You're going to give try. what? I'm going to give MacTale 5 I can't average and that out though on my app <laughs> <Just talking>. Okay <laughs> Fine then I will give um, episode eight, uh, eight out of ten hand wraps yep. with rope, <laughs> and I will give episode nine, ten out of ten shots to the throat. Whoa! Awesome! Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> nice. Because that, that that just okay. The the Maggie reveal was good, but the Tammy reveal just punched me in the throat, as it were.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Tammy, why you gotta do that? Tammy, Tammy.
4: Hey. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. Oh, of course, my computer freezes up right when it... Okay, well, I'm pretty sure I remember. So, I actually liked episode 8 better than 9. I felt like episode 8, because that had the Karen stuff in it, and I really... I'm not a big Karen fan, and I have said this. I'm a big fan of the actress and what she's doing with Karen. Yes, yes. But I am not a big fan of Karen, so... But in that episode, I was like, when she went to, like, just was fucking crazy and went to go confront Fisk, I was like, okay, I'm in it. Like, this is great. (laughs) Um, Whereas the other episode, while it was interesting, I felt like it's more set up for things to come. Mm -hmm. There was just, like, a lot there that I'm just like, yeah, this is good. And it's good to have set up for things to come. And they did it in a fun, interesting way, but I didn't like it as much as episode eight. So episode... 8, I gave 8.5 out of 10 mommy confessions. (laughs) And episode 9, I gave 8 out of 10 not all Tammy Murakamis are bad.
0: (laughs) Just this one.
4: (laughs) Just this Tammy and that Murakami.
0: (laughs) Will I am.
5: Me, I am.
0: (laughs) Me and Will.
5: Me and Will. Um... Yeah, I think I gave last week's episodes both an 8.5, but this week, I think this may be the part of the season where we're kind of like, maybe they need to shorten every season, but I think they did well with these episodes, uh, partially because of the reveal, the Tammy, not Tammy, Maggie reveal, but the Tammy reveal, I I actually kind of like that, though. Even though I feel bad for Nadine, I kind of liked it, maybe because it confirmed my suspicion that I've had since one of the early episodes. So Ooh. episode eight, I like a little bit less. I'll give it eight out of 10 or not eight out of 10 army shooting backs. I think foggy told Karen tomorrow, there's going to be an army shooting back at you.
1: Oh yeah. Um, you did.
5: And episode nine, I give eight and a half out of 10 mommy issues to go along with your daddy issues.
0: <laughs> a whole lot of issues. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, and I, um, yeah i think i i've actually upped my score since um we started talking about them the scene between fisk and karen is so 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 good those actors are so good so i've raised my score for that episode from a 9 to a 9.5 episode 8 9.5 out of 10 no
5: that was so awkward so i felt bad for
0: him but i know he's not real i know this fictional dude uh and uh, episode nine i loved as well i loved the um getting jack uh, back in it um uh, yeah i just thought it was it was great loved it love all the stuff with dex love all the stuff with um uh, Kingpin, love all the stuff with uh, Nadim. We get a little bit of Matt. I enjoy. We don't get as much Matt as I would like in this season, I think. But a lot of the supporting characters are so strong, I think, in this this season. So I've given that 9 out of 10 uh, frozen Marcy eggs. Yeah. I know. So, that gives episode 8 an average of calculating calculating come on an average of 8.6 out of 10 which is really good and i'm sure this one will be bumped up with that 10 so uh 8.9 out of 10 for episode 9 cool so now it's time for feedback we do have quite a few okay so we have an email from sedna i'm gonna read it this week because i feel like channeling sedna is that all right will i'm sorry you can read a different one Oh, I'll give it to okay, you. Okay. That's fine, I'm, I'm
3: just, just kidding. Well, Claire, what you what? have to do is you have to channel Sedna while reading this in Will's voice.
0: Oh oh my god, I fucking love Dexter for hoovering up in the suit. <laughs> Absolutely priceless. That's my Will impression, Will. <laughs> I love you, Will.
5: Well, I'm quitting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't make my voice sultry enough to be you, Will.
3: You're gonna need like an FX compressor on your, uh, yeah. on your mic there.
0: I can't make my voice that low and sultry. Uh, okay, here's one from Sedna. OMG! I fucking love Dex Devil hoovering up in the suit. Absolutely priceless. One last desperate attempt to find redemption with Julie is one creepy goat bleat too far. And oh fuck, she's dead! Only one Fisk sized North Star left now. Yay, Foggy's going public with his and Marcy's post-traumatic sex bag spill discovery. Ooh. <laughs> I don't like the word sex bag. And it's going viral. Yay, Ray's onto Dex. And yay, he's ready to work with safecracker Matt. But Uek kitten killer's home and on the attack with chandelier crystals and mirror-aided trigonomic, trig, trigonometric ricochet shooting. I think you should be reading this, Will. I can't read omfg karen's really going there fucking balls of steel this woman and now her face has given proof of matt's secret nice twist to the comics reveal she flings in the wesley confession oh my fucking god only she went there and then they went there that matt's maggie's matt's mum explodes so he said no explodes and Paul hustler Lantern new reassembles and explodes again and then it just says a line of Ah! <laughs> well, Sender explodes again, I think Battling Jack flashbacks Great to have John Patrick Hayden back But fuck, he's way too old for tiny teenage nun Maggie OMG, they went with the postpartum depression Heartbreaks Oh, when she weeps by his bed Heartbreaks into a million tiny pieces I can't cope Fisk has pawned Ice Queen Special Agent Tammy Fucking holy hell, how deep is this conspiracy and now Foggy's family's tied up in this too? And he caused Nadeem's credit crisis? How the fuck can this possibly end well? Karen's off. Ah, she packed that St. Patrick's Day picture on the run in a surprisingly stylish hoodie and trench coat combo. By the way, I love that she wears trousers so much in this season. <laughs> now the secret's out, Maggie's fast and loose with the truth. If it gives her someone else to harbour in the crypt. Intense internal monologue Matt slash Jack slash... Sh- Fisk, mouthing the devil in sideline, complete with fantasy kill. The trap is set. Rosalie Carboni's there. Dex Devil's there. The lights are out, but Max at Fisk's dis- discovering poor, trapped Shelby, named, I believe, after Shelby of the Super Ladies podcast in the CCTV layer. Oh, yes. I oh. forgot to mention Shelby, named after Shelby of the Super Ladies podcast and one of our listeners. We love you, Shelby. Hey. Shelby's awesome. Uh, thank you, Sedna. We love you as well. Yes. That was fun to read. Sorry, Will. I,
3: <laughs> I took your fun. A, a Sedna voicemail before this series is over, please.
0: I want a Sedna comment commentary track for every episode of Daredevil. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it would be amazing. It would be amazing. It would just be like Ah! <gasps> <laughs> uh, wow. Will, do you want to read Elizabeth's instead? Yes, please. Uh, can I In- play the voicemail since
6: I have it? Up? Oh yeah, sure.
0: From Medical Moira.
6: Right. A couple of thoughts. Karen confronting Fisk. I have to admit, my brain went straight to thinking how vulnerable she looks. I was looking at her sitting next to him. And she's so tiny, he's so big, slender little neck. And I was thinking to just reach his hands out and, and twist it and
1: snap you like a twig. Yes. And I, I really thought I was going to go for
6: it. Um, Foggy and Karen... You know, trying to, to bring Fisk down by legitimate means. <laughs> they just, they don't give up. You have to admire that tenacity, I think, because Fisk really is, he's terrifying. He, oh, kingpin, he is so, so smart, but, but so conniving, not just intelligent, but conniving, and ah, that's what makes him f- so formidable, because he's always ten steps ahead. And then we get to the end, we get to Maggie with, with Matt and, and, uh, you know, she's trying to, to just help him hang on by the skin of his teeth mm. and keep the faith. And when he overhears her prayer, oh, man, I mean, I don't think we were shocked. I think, you know, they alluded to, to it that, uh, she had a different life once and had a choice to make, and um, when she was talking to Karen about when Matt was little, and he would call for her the night, and uh, yeah, you got the sense that there was more of a bond there, but also she wa- she preferred him to the other kids, and she was favoring him, and she knew she wasn't supposed to, I guess, and so she didn't answer his call one night. But when you find out that she was his mom, and she had to pretend she wasn't. I just, I can't even, you know, I can't, that's, wow, so huge revelation, although, I, like I said, we, there was some foreshadowing to make us think there was something up with it, between the two of them, or at least with Maggie's background, and mm-hmm. anyway, for Matt, I mean, he was just gobsmacked, so yeah, I guess I better get on to the next one, it's
1: much
6: <laughs> Alright, so I got 10 minutes to go in the next one, 10 minutes left, I mean, Oh my god, Fisk has his fingers into so many pies. He's 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 <laughs> been manipulating uh, Foggy's family for over a year. He has been manipulating Nadim's family. He's just, he's beyond, he's like the daddy arachnid. It's amazing. You know, with spider webs everywhere, it just is blowing me away. And hey, first mention of the name Kingpin, which is pretty cool. Um, that, that, scene in the FBI office where you see just how many agents he has ensnared it's just oh it's blowing me away alright well I got Maddie with these funky ropes on his hands and and ghost daddy in the background talking so I'll just you know watch the next ten minutes and I'll be right back oh man and then it ends (laughs) with that you know in the. Whatever, the secret hidden downstairs room, and he could have an opportunity to wait and lurk for Fisk, and oh my god, then he hears that he's gonna go after Karen, and now he's gotta go save Karen, so Fisk lives another day. Of course, who am I kidding? He's a great big bad guy. They're not really gonna kill him off because he's too great a bad guy. I know that. Ah. Anyway, yeah, this is good. Good, this has been good. These two episodes are awesome, awesome, awesome. I've gone on a long time, that's all I'm gonna say. Except to say can't wait
3: to hear what you guys think. All right, till next time. Bye for now. <laughs> Thank you, Moira. Thank you. I love that feedback, Moira. <laughs> it's so
0: good. I love it when Moira discovers stuff in the middle of her feedback. She's like, Oh my god! <laughs> I love it. so <laughs> good. so great. Uh, who would like to read Elizabeth's email? Nutty. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> i could try to read it as
3: long as skype complies let's see
0: yeah new skype sucks
3: oh it's so bad
0: it starts with right. hi guys yep.
3: let me bring the modern we know that
0: my face elizabeth loved blind lady <laughs> we know that elizabeth loved the episode this week as well as she said last week she was really excited
3: yay we finally got to my favorite episodes sister maggie's great reveal tammy was right feel free to brag I'm going to say free to brag at will. <laughs> but that doesn't sound right, since Will is part of the team. How about brag whenever you want? Not as spiffy, but it sounds less like you're harassing a friend. <laughs> Maggie was introduced in the comics as a nun who had been briefly at Matt's bedside in the hospital after the accident that blinded him. She then disappeared from his life until Matt met her again as an adult and recognized her by her cross necklace. Like the one she gave him in the show with mixed results? (laughs) He asked her whether she was his mother. She denied it. But he could tell by her heartbeat that she was lying. She then appeared every once in a while for almost three decades. 28 years. uh, Before we finally found out her backstory. Well, except for a miniseries told from Jack Murdoch's point of view that gave a few parts of the puzzle from his perspective, but not the full picture. So, comparatively speaking, finding out that she was his mother in a mere three seasons is pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. This is getting long, so here are a few things I thought were interesting. Matt confronted Father Lantam uh, and argued with the memory of his father, rather than talking to Maggie directly. Does he feel more comfortable with men since he didn't have a mother growing up? Ooh. Uh this is nutty interjecting. I think he felt safe uh, arguing and venting at uh, Father Lantham because he knows that no no matter how much uh, pain and anger that he piles onto him, uh, Father Lantham's not going away. Yeah. But he doesn't have that same trust with Maggie. But that could also work into the whole idea that his dad was the one that stays, so he's less he feels less abandoned by men. Yeah, true. <clears throat> Back to the email. The show had Maggie raise Matt as one of the orphans she cared for. That makes her more of a mother figure than she was in the comic books, where his dad died while he was in college, thus no orphanage necessary. Oh.
0: Yeah, because yeah, uh, in the comics as well, like Foggy met um, Jack Murdoch. He knew right. Jack Murdoch, so it happened a lot later. The whole thing of him... Uh, Getting killed when Matt was uh, a younger kid is kind of a late addition, a later addition to the, the story. Yeah.
3: But also a bit sadder because, you know, that although she was physically present, she couldn't or wouldn't tell him how they were connected. She also couldn't treat him any differently than the other children. Had she ever cried before, as she did when she found him, found that he had moved out without talking to her? Or had she just pushed it down all these years and acted tough? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, Karen was probably the first person she had ever told her story to since Father Lantham and her fellow nuns already knew. Matt used his cane and sunglasses confronting Father Lantham, but he didn't when he broke into the gym. Was he just distancing himself from Matt Murdock by leaving behind the cane and glasses? Uh, Off topic. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Off topic, but Karen's reveal of Matt's secret to Fisk could have been inter- interpreted as just being startled that he asked such a bizarre question. Fisk obviously believed it though, so she couldn't cover at that point. Yeah, still much better than selling his identity for drugs though. <laughs> oh, definitely. that, yeah. Um, I was very sad, if not surprised, to hear of the cancellation. Regardless of what happens next, I have loved discussing these shows with you guys. As I told one of my friends, we were only expecting to get one season for each of the Defenders, and then a mini-series of the team. Everything else has been a bonus that I have truly enjoyed. Excelsior! Oh,
0: Very true, Elizabeth. And we love recording with you as well. Yeah, we've been very lucky. I've, I've, I feel lucky to have had these characters on screen at all, because I really didn't think I'd ever get... Uh, you know 70 plus episodes of a daredevil tv series that's this good
3: a decent daredevil Mm -hmm. i mean not for nothing the ben affleck daredevil it was a product of its time but (laughs) i'm sure it was very disappointing for the diehard daredevil fans Mm -hmm. and i think that at least now we have given daredevil the proper justice
0: given the devil his due (laughs)
3: <laughs>
0: yes, I should have said that. <laughs> um, cool. We have another email from Sedna, just a really quick one, which says, P.S. No! Seriously, fuck Netflix every which way forever. Imagine my weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth because I have no words. I'm too shocked to feel anything other than gratitude for the good thing we had while it lasted.
2: Oh, oh. Agree,
0: Sedna. I feel sad as well. Uh, we've got an email from Wu. Are you okay reading this, Tammy? <laughs> Dear Defenders Podcast, I loved
4: episode seven. Just seeing how people were dealing with the aftermath of the Bull Devil attack—bullseye plus daredevil. <laughs> the one thing we have never seen <laughs> from Charlie Cox playing Matt Murdock is seeing him stressed out and frightened. And I think Charlie Cox played that beautifully. Nice to see to also see Sir Maggie not giving Matt a difficult. Uh, a difficult time of how he has been handling or not handling his life.
0: Yeah.
4: A funny moment for me is the looks that Amy Rutberg Marcy Stahl has on her face in this episode. She looks like a living emoticon.
0: <laughs> 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 I mean, it's her eyes are so big. Yeah.
4: She's mean, very expressive. It's compliment, by the way. Uh, it, is, it is. Yeah. Uh, she, she's great. Uh, I love that. <laughs> this is me speaking, not Wu. I love that they made her character bigger.
0: Me I, too, I yeah.
3: I yeah. agree, and I totally shipped Foggy and, and Marcy now. Oh, and yes. Like, how did this like random kinky hookup turn into something that I ship? This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sometimes I love Sometimes it
4: them. happens like that, Nutty.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. awesome. I love it. Uh, <laughs>
4: great. Melvin Potter back as well. I didn't like what he did to Matt in this episode, but I can't fault him too much. He is a big baby <laughs> and what I mean by that is he looks like a big badass and he is, but he has emotions of a well-meaning child.
0: Yes, agreed. related
4: to this, I love how the man in the mask doesn't even flinch uh, when Betsy's attempting to get under his skin and the whole, I am thinking, look lady, your lover just tried to frame him and get him killed and he is trying to save your life which he doesn't have to do. To be fair, Betsy didn't know all that. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, really, Matt owes Melvin nothing. He's only warning Betsy because she is innocent in all of this. Knowing the comics like I do, I love the foreshadowing of what may happen to Karen Page, and that's all I have to say because I don't want to spoil anything for yes. anyone who doesn't know the source material, as well as some others. Uh, uh, we sorry, shall discuss bro- that bro- later. Bro- <laughs> I have to say the best performance in this episode is Jay Ali as Ray Nadim. The look on his face after he talks to Fisk in the penthouse bedroom is almost exactly the same look Tony Stark had on his face in Avengers Age of Ultron after Ultron introduced himself to the Avengers. Just the look of, oh, my Lord, what did I do? (laughs) Because to Nadim's credit. He wanted his promotion to help his loved ones. But I think the theme of this episode and the season is that old saying the road to hell is paved with good intentions is is paved with the best intentions. hmm hmm Good point. The biggest takeaway obviously from episode eight, Fisk Hugging Dex, it was so sweet. Someone needs to re edit that scene with you'll be in my
0: <laughs> all the all the times that you see fisk and dex giving each other looks in these episodes oh man <laughs>
4: in all seriousness i'm going to teach performance courses when i get my master's degree i'm going to show the scene between fisk and karen in one of my classes yeah. this is a master study in screen acting and how the score had that suspenseful feel to one page admitted she shot wesley god so good I so thought for a second Fisk was going to attack Karen, like Fisk did Ben Urich, even the look that Fisk gave Karen on the steps. Fantastic. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Deborah Hall and <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio gave an Emmy-worthy performance in that scene. If I were to fault the showrunners of this season, my only criticism was if they were going to try to hide to audiences that weren't aware that Sister Maggie was Daredevil's mom, they did a pretty awful job. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just, with mixed reviews to be honest, because some of us realized it and some of us didn't. So it's
3: okay. It it, it all depends on like how much you know about the characters, yeah. you know? If you if you only lightly read uh yeah. Daredevil, um, or know it from like crossovers or reputation, you don't know things like who's Daredevil's mom and you don't yeah. know things like, uh, when did Jack die or when did he meet Foggy kind of a thing. You just know like Foggy's his best friend, his mom's not around, you know, that sort of thing.
4: Yeah, I think that if I didn't know his, and I'll get back to email in a second, if I didn't know that his mom was a nun, which just, that's the thing, like, obviously, right away, I was like, okay, well, I guess that's his mom. But even if I didn't know that, I think early on, I would have at least felt like, and maybe none of you felt this way and just weren't sure which way it went, but I did feel like her relationship with Matt was above and beyond everyone else's yeah. relationship with Matt. Mm-hmm. So I would have been questioning, but I don't know if I would have immediately thought, oh, that's his mom. <laughs> like I, yeah. But uh, I would have been suspicious of something.
3: I, uh, I I can definitely say, like, from my perspective, having mm-hmm. no clue, um, yeah. especially with the idea of, well, it's a nun, I was thinking, well, she was more maternal to him in the sense that Uh, the priest was paternal, you know, these were people that were in his life because, you know, you see none, you're like, you're not going to think, Oh, Hey, maybe that's his mom. Yeah. Uh,
4: (laughs) And like I said, I think confirming episode for me was definitely the conversation she had where she was feeling so guilty over everything he did. So, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Back to his email. Uh, Joanne (laughs) Wally. First time I saw her in the trailers, I knew she was Matt's mother because She and Charlie Cox do look related. Can't blame Matt, though. He can only see outlines of people.
3: (laughs) 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 Okay. Dude, Dude, I want to fist bump you through the internet for that one.
4: (laughs) I wonder if Father Lantham knew this all along. Yeah, he did. And that's why he brought Matt to Maggie. Talk to you next week, everyone. But we do know that Father Lantham (laughs) Yeah.
0: Also, thank you. But I
4: guess technically that's in the
1: next
0: episode that he did feedback for so yeah. yeah yes so yeah <laughs> we'll have to there's a lot of there's a lot of emails that don't match up entirely but um, we'll just read them as and when um, and then we had two more emails that I will read from a uh, new feedbacker don't know their name but they've signed uh, it's signed 084 um, but it was one, uh, I just thought these would be good to end the show on one was regarding Stanley and one was regarding the cancellation of the, um, the shows. So I'll read these. They're both relatively quick. Uh, so the first one says since, um, so the same since the last time I wrote you, but I don't know who you are. Sorry. I can't see the name in it. Uh, so sorry, listener. I don't know who you are. Put your name in the emails and then I'll know who it's from so first one says since the last time I wrote you Stan Lee has passed and I haven't had a chance to send in my feedback on why I'm thankful for the man as someone who wants to tell stories I consider Stan one of my main inspirations my life has sucked in the past I truly feel like if there weren't these other worlds to jump into I would have lost my mind the part Stan played in creating the biggest world for us to forget our problems in is so big and I'll always be thankful for that some arseholes, and I won't name names, uh, Bill Maher, uh, will critique this escapism. He, this was in the email. Will uh, critique this. No, sorry. <laughs> will critique this escapism unfairly and do so days after a pioneer in the world building and storytelling has passed away. I resent this to no end, considering I honestly don't know if I'd still be alive and kicking if it weren't for these stories. Not to mention that even in all our escapism, Stan made sure to always remind readers to be good, be kind, avoid hate in our lives. A thousand excelsiors to the man who helped inspire so many. So I wanted okay. to read that because um, I thought that was that was nicely
3: Just put. Don't, you know, like, try to have a party in the room next to him. No call security. Yeah, exactly. He did like to go to bed early.
0: He did. Well, don't we all? I mean
3: come on. I'm
0: like I'm way younger than Stanley, and I'm I'm want to be in bed by seven <laughs> with my slippers and my cocoa. <laughs> uh, and the second one says, "Okay, time to pay respects and pour one out for Marvel's Luke Cage and Marvel's Iron Fist." Sigh, it was a confusing time when I got the notification that Iron Fist was canned. I didn't know how to feel. When it got renewed for a second season, I had absolutely no hope for improvement and wondered why they were even bothering. That season surprised me to no end. It had its fair share of issues, but it was miles ahead of the train wreck that was season one. I almost wish they had cancelled it a year ago and not given us that superior season. Why give us that leap in quality and excitement for more just to take it away? It seems cruel. Then Luke Cage. I felt sick after that news. Uh, There I was, finishing up The Magnificent Daredevil Season 3, when I looked at my phone and, bigger sigh, the things that Luke Cage has done for TV were so great and so groundbreaking, and to have it snuffed out is even more cruel. Even the infamous last half of Season 1, I feel, is criminally misunderstood. Much in the way the villains of Jessica Jones Season 2 were, but this isn't her funeral yet. To think that we won't see Misty Knight with her blinged out second robot arm or Nightshade become a big villain for Luke is heartbreaking. And then what's so hard about it, where where we go from here? The shows that we're currently expecting to get you content from both ended their last seasons with such finality. Punisher is finally getting some real help with his issues. Jessica Jones is taking steps to let herself actually live life. No doubt their new seasons are going to need to pull the rug from under both of them in order to provide 13 episodes of drama. There's no point. Even Daredevil, as good as it was, left me content and honestly happy to let that be the last we see of Matt Murdock. But Luke and Danny clearly are being cut off in the middle of their stories. Colleen gets two seconds worth of being a kick-ass, iron-fisted vigilante. Thanks, Netflix. And I can honestly sleep okay knowing that Danny Rand ends his story where it ends. I can't let go of the fact that Luke Cage, with all his history, has to end his story as a crime boss. No, we needed more story there, We needed to see him realise that error and make steps to get back to where he was. It's so wrong to leave him there. I know that there's corporate logistical stuff going on here, but I I get that, but I always focus on the storytelling first and foremost, and story-wise it doesn't make sense to me. I'm pretty certain we won't see any more Daredevil and that Jessica Jones, a Punisher, will follow suit after their seasons come out. The only hope I see is putting them on Hulu Plus once Disney owns most of it in 2019. I don't want to see them on Disney+, Plus because it would lose too much of what made them what they were. It's a waiting game until then. Thanks so much to Chia Hadari Koka and Emre Metzner for their interpretations of these characters. Not just Luke and Danny, but Colleen, Misty, Cottonmouth, Mariah, Ward, Mary, and others. And to Scott Buck, I still hate you. Until next time, true believers, Excelsior! Thank you. I really love that email. Because, yeah, I still hate you, Scott Buck, as well. Yeah,
3: well yeah look what he did to dexter
0: look what he did to humans yeah. oh <laughs> and that was all our feedback we are running massively over thank you so much guys <laughs> um uh so now all there is, is is time to say thank you to nutty and alan obviously alan has had to go and will has had to go but thank you nutty for uh for um coming on and and guesting we love having you on Thank you. you i love hanging be... out
3: with you guys. Aww.
0: You better be coming on for Jessica Jones 3 and Punisher oh, 2. Oh,
3: absolutely. You know I will. I mean, I I love Jessica Jones so much. Um, and uh ooh. ooh you know, <laughs> think, I'm trying to think like this daredevil may have beat Jessica Jones. So let's see what we get for season 3 and Jessica Jones. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. Jessica Jones Season 2 was definitely better than Daredevil Season 2 for me. Yes. But what is Jessica Jones Season 3 going to be? Jessica versus Trish, I
0: think. I'm
3: sorry, say that again?
0: Jessica versus Trish. (laughs)
3: Yes. (laughs) I mean, there's there's, there's so many places for them to go. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm interested to see where it goes for sure.
0: Uh, And do you have uh, anything uh, in particular you want to promote Nutty or just promote yourself in general? Why not?
3: Um, yeah, so as always, you can find the Nutty Bites podcast, which is my podcast, where we talk about things that are awesome, and you can find that by going to nimlas.org That's N-I-M-L-A-S dot org, or just Google Nutty Bites and you'll find it, uh, surprisingly even though there's a lot of snacks called Nutty Bites, your, uh, the SEO is still going to find me. Yay! <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, our most recent episode, let's see, uh, we did uh, I we did a, a new episode of my intro cast, which is intro to ghibli where we uh covered only yesterday. Not too many people know about that one. Um, but uh, we also did, I'm totally blanking. Oh, we did a food episode where we talked about lasagna. Yes, an entire episode. About <laughs> lasagna. And before that, um, I had a frequent guest, uh, Matt and um, Steph, they came on and we talked about the series Please Like Me, which is the only episode of Netty Bites where the swears are not bleeped out. <laughs> nice.
4: I was so sad that I couldn't listen to that because I'd like to potentially watch Please Like Me. So I was like, well, I guess I can't listen. But I was like, oh, but...
3: There's all the swears. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, once you finish it, come back and enjoy the
0: swears. (laughs) (laughs) And Nutty, we one day have to do our um, commentary for Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and Tammy should join us as well. Absolutely. (laughs) Because Tammy also loves that movie.
3: I think we might be able to do it after Jessica Jones because somebody's decided that uh, they don't want to give Claire more Marvel because they just want Claire to do this commentary. That must be what's going on.
0: Seriously. It's been a long time coming. Fault, <laughs> <laughs> it's all Hedwig's fault. Yeah. Damn your Hedwig. <laughs> awesome. And uh, Tammy and I are still doing Calavicci fashion cast coming to the end of Quantum Leap. I was not on this week's episode, but I'm sure it was fun. It was, and cool. we're sad that you did. I look forward to hearing it when I edit it, maybe? I don't know if I'm editing this week or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find out in a bit. Uh, so, yeah, so all I have to do now is tell you what is going to be next week. Tammy, I know you're thrilled. <laughs> I'm finding out what happens. Hang on, I'm yep. just going to have to pause my Netflix so I can get the descriptions up. I've just got a giant Karen face on my screen at the moment, because it's paused the episode. <laughs> right hang on okay so oh, get out of the way skype okay so next week we are discussing episodes 10 and 11 episode 10 is called ready tammy it's called karen <laughs> hunted by Fisk. It's all about foggy it's all about foggy it's actually the story of karen carpenter it's kind of weird they just like <laughs> do this to karen carpenter and it's like that film, uh, I think it was Todd Haynes did, that they tell it out through Barbies. It's very creepy. Uh, hunted by Fisk and haunted by mistakes from her past, Karen seeks refuge at the church. Matt finally gets his shot and Dex goes in for the kill. And after that, we have episode 11 Reunion. Dex tries to run his prey to ground. Nadeem's conscious king, conscience kicks in. I thought his conscience had already kicked him. Like that's why he's working with Matt. Anyway. And, and Fisk episode looks. Episode 11, you say. Yeah. Mm. And Fisk looks to recover a gift from Vanessa seized during his incarceration. Mm. Yeah, episode 11, <laughs> Harry. No, he doesn't say it like that. He says, Vanessa! <laughs> Vanessa! I love the way he says it. You have been talking with Vanessa. I can't Vanessa. do it. He... <laughs> uh, and that's the end of the episode, careful. guys. Care about Vanessa. Vanessa. You get to take us out with an almighty Excelsior, Nutty. And you've got to do a big enough Excelsior to make up to be Alan and Will as well. It, oh, boy.
3: <laughs> um, it, it It feels, I will say, it feels weird to do Excelsior now that uh, Stan has passed. I know, but, but I like the
0: sentiment behind it. It means ever afterwards. I agree. I think it's, it, it reminds me of the always forward that Luke Cage would say. And I think that's a good sentiment. Always forward, ever upward.
3: Excelsior. Thank you, Natty.
0: You can stay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. <Wow. laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DefendersPodcast or on Twitter at DefendersPod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it, you can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!